0: Hey buddy, and welcome back to another episode of Headlong in into Monsters, the ADHD of horror movie podcasts. We are your deadly duo of elderly emos. I am Raul, the Monster Slayer, coming at you from beautiful to Willie Utah. And with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host from down in Arkansas, way barely Ashley. Ashley, how the hell are you? Defeated.
1: Defeated. <laughs> my, my sensibilities have been thrown into a mud puddle and stomped
0: you feel a little numb
1: yeah i don't even know i this is going to be a bleak episode
0: it is going to be a bleak episode but that is not going to stop me from making fun of the movies as much as i possibly can i'm just glad you're along for the ride i'm here sweet Uh, On this podcast, we talk about horror movies and horror happenings. This is a spoiler podcast, and with that in mind, we do not cover movies within the year of their release. Hopefully that gives you listeners time to catch up with and watch the movies before we spoil the ever-living crap out of them. Anything older than a year is fair game, so watch out for Strange Men in the Woods and otherworldly Monster cocks, and join us as we dive headlong into Monsters. This is episode 23, and today we'll be covering Killing Ground, Gutterballs, and German angst. But before we get into that, Ashley, do you want to introduce our guest for the episode?
1: I don't even know, like, should we call him a guest or just honorary member of this podcast who's never been on before?
0: Oh, he family.
1: Yeah. You guys are going to know him from Land of the Creeps and Phantom Galaxy and whatever other billion podcast he probably does. So we're really excited to welcome Bill the Butcher Van Vagel. Welcome, Bill! Finally, oh, you're here.
2: Thank you. I, I'm kind of like the third of the of the uh, triplets who haven't made it yet. So I finally made it to Grandma's house. Yes. <laughs> Neil Neil peered Drum Solo. <laughs> <laughs> so well, when I mean, Raul and I have been yammering off on and off for a couple of years now. We always just. We have this love about the topic that we're talking about today, and eventually uh Raul just said, "Do you want to come on and talk about it?" and I'm like, yeah, sure I know. that extreme films are something we're gonna get into, and everybody has their reasons why they like or dislike them. I kind of gravitate towards it because my mind said is of a certain way. Raul likes it for a different reason. You might not ash like it, but you might warm up to it. you never know I'm so. Hoping. I'm super excited. I know more about the stuff that oozes out my pores that I'll forget. That's where you guys here fill in the blanks for me. And we're going to have a lot of fun kind of seeing our sensibilities and where they're at. Bill, when when Ashley actually trash. agreed...
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Coming in hot, Ashley. <laughs> Bill, when Ashley finally agreed that I would, I could do like a month-long dive into extreme horror... I like the first thing I thought, but even before any movie that uh, we could possibly talk about during this month, the first thing I knew that was going to happen is I had to have you on. That was, that was the first thing.
2: Well, I appreciate it. That's what, uh, when I was on uh, Dave's podcast, Dave's uh, Dave Becker solo podcast, he goes, Bill, we're going to open it up and you can just ramble on about uh, extreme films for 20 minutes. So (laughs) now I get like an hour and a half. So I am just juiced up for this one. Hour and a half. We'll probably be on here for about three hours. Okay, then it's a okay. So then it's a small Land of the Creeps episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: It happens.
0: <laughs> but I'm so excited, Bill. Thank you so much oh, for no joining problem. us, man. I've been listening. And, and to-
2: I, I, I welcome all the Headlong of the Monsters uh, audience to check us out at Land of the Creeps and Phantom Galaxy. And as I like to say. Nobody here is against each other. We're all one big family, regardless of the podcast. We all listen to the same stuff. We're all friends in real life. You know, let's just talk, open up the engagement of the conversation, and let's get her going. Yep. 100% agree with you. Um, and well, with that in mind, I did
0: want to shout out a, uh, another podcast real quick. Um, the Retro Movie Geek for the month of October is going to be doing their spooky flicks fest that they do every year would they focus well i mean generally they focus on movies of all genres but during the month of october they focus primarily on horror movies that are 20 years old or older so um you know be sure listeners be sure to check that out well again that's retro movie geek i mean listen to all of their episodes but definitely keep an ear out during the month of october and there may be a little guest by some elderly emos that you can catch on one of the episodes but uh yeah shout out to retro movie geek and the gang love you guys
2: yeah i've recorded two of those this week i've seen (laughs) i've done my spooky flex man you just live in front of a microphone don't you uh well in between uh marking papers getting my daughter dinner uh taking courses watching movies watching football Alrighty, so how are we gonna start this up, boys and girls? Well, Ashley usually starts off by throwing us some listener feedback.
1: Yes. <clears throat> listener
3: feedback.
1: Okay, so our last episode just came out last week. Ish. Ish. So 9 5. It came out on 9 5. So, I've got a few things. A lot of people had a a lot of really good feedback about vampires. So, when they heard that episode, they probably were crushed. So, Sean Taylor said, great movies. Always been a big fan of John Carpenter's vampires, which he rated a 9 out of 10. Shame they didn't make any sequels. Someone corrected him on that. But so he put James Woods might have something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> <United> <laughs> great. Love Billy Zane in this one. Eight point five out of ten. Wishmaster is a fun ride with a crazy effects, eight out of ten. And then Dr. Mean, who was on that episode, was like, fun fact, they did have sequels, Lost Muertos and the Turning. I didn't even know that. I didn't know there's either. two. Um I'm never going to watch them but if you guys want to do that go ahead. I and mean I'll watch them. I'm never going. To, not I think I, what did I rate that movie? Like like a 4? F- I don't yeah. remember. Anyway. <laughs> we have Trey Whetstone with Screaming Through the Ages podcast which is a great podcast mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be on there we need to remember to do our 85 Yeah, lesson. Trey's
2: great. He's absolutely awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, he says, that's an interesting lineup of 90s horror. I remember liking Demon Knight, but I'm so, so on the other two. I'll be interested to hear what you think. And then Shaka Swan says, happy to hear your voices again. It had been like a month, I think. I didn't notice the time period between the two. The yeah, last episode, that one.
0: Completely my fault. I'm so sorry. We are still one episode in the can that I need to edit and get out. I'm so sorry. Shaka Swan. Love you.
1: <laughs> yes, we do love you. She's wonderful at like giving us compliments and me being like, Oh, thank you. Even though I don't. Raul's great. You can compliment her what You want. <laughs> um, Horror movie fanboy Brian says, Roel and Ashley are back at it again. Hell yes.
2: <laughs> you tell him, Brian.
1: Thank you, Brian. And I think he said something else, but I
3: can't find it.
1: I can't find it. <clears throat> I don't know if he just said that maybe to like you or something. And I just saw it, but then we have Dr. Mean who was on there and said, this was a lot of fun to record pro tip. Don't get high before a podcast because it will cause you to ramble on and on. That's not necessarily true.
0: Yeah. You can be stone cold, sober and ramble.
1: Yeah. That's what we do. That's, but yeah. I think that's pretty much all that I have found on here. Unless you have some stuff. I've got some like one or two things about the topic at hand that I'm going to save till the end.
0: Okay, yeah, well we'll save that later. Um some uh, you know I think Brian did s- ask you because have you listened to the whole episode back Ashley? Mhm. There is a request at the end of the bro- blooper reel where you wanted me to cut something out and he wanted to know what you fudged up on and wanted to cut out.
1: Oh, that was what I was thinking of. Yeah. I just put someone's name in there it wasn't anything embarrassing she
0: she used a real personal name that she didn't want to have out on the internet so she wanted me to cut it out for that reason the name itself did not make it into the blooper reel but her asking it asking me <laughs> to remove it did
1: like 10 times i'm like remove it remove it yeah he doesn't cause... he doesn't remove things
0: no my pull out game weak <laughs>
2: I'll trust you on that one. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! So is that, that
1: was a good one. Is that all we got for listening got. feedback?
0: Okay. Well, let's move on to some horror happenings.
2: Horror happenings.
0: And uh Bill, this is the part where we talk about what we've been ingesting horror-wise, and I usually talk about books and some movies, and Ashley usually talks about uh movies and video games, so uh we're going to have Ashley go first.
1: Actually, I did watch a new movie Ooh. this time.
0: Like a I new, watched, new
1: movie? Yeah, I watched Glorious. It just came out on Shudder. It's like a Lovecraftian tale.
2: Glorious?
1: Glorious. I've yeah. heard of,
2: I've heard of it, but I don't haven't seen it. Why don't you enlighten us about it?
1: It has. Uh, so I don't know if any of you have seen True Blood, but it has Jason Stackhouse as the main character guy in the movie. And I'm not going to talk about the plot because it would give literally all of it away. But he's in it. Uh, I'm so-so on it because it's more of like a creature feature. Um. I would suggest watching it. I think most people would enjoy it.
0: I like creature but features. Was did, it? Was it? Sorry, go ahead.
1: If you saw a tweet, I was like, watching glorious, and this reminds me of the movie Stalled.
0: Oh, okay, but you didn't like Stalled, so was that like a dig on the movie? You know, either way, that'll probably make me like it. So that's fine.
1: It's just, um. I'm just going to say it's because of these, how the movie was set.
3: Mm.
1: That's all I'm going to say about that. I think I rated that a 7 out of 10 on Letterboxd. And yeah, I just thought it was pretty good. But it's not something I'm going to revisit, probably.
0: That's not bad, though. That's worth checking out. I'll, I'll take a look at that. Bill, are you sold?
2: Uh yeah, for sure. There's a there's a, a whole bunch of films that have come out in the last 2 months I haven't seen and I and that's on my list. I still have to see, see Prey.
1: I have to oh. see Dune. <laughs>
2: and I still need to see Nope. Oh. Yeah, and there's one called Pussy Cake or something that I <laughs> that I need to see as well. But apparently it's like a, 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 a love Crafty and otherworldly kind of deal as well. So okay
0: can't believe I i'm writing them.
2: down pussy cake in my notes here
1: i can yeah,
2: it's 2022 like it's been out maybe a month or something i think There's so i gotta look that up
1: a movie on shutter called what josiah saw that everyone's just raving about that i i want to watch
0: yeah i've heard I've, I've seen a lot of stuff about that people are talking about it, it makes me very interested
2: yeah. Now the one 2022 film that I finally got a chance to see, which I'm sure you two have seen, I finally got the chance to see men.
1: Oh, I wanted to see
2: that. I actually haven't seen that. Oh, neither of you have seen it. I really like it, but it's not gonna be for everyone. And and not for the reasons of, say, the topic of this particular episode. It's okay it's out there. Uh, if you, it's kind of in that, uh, Alex Garland directed it. it it's in that Ben Wheatley, David Cronenberg meets mother,
3: Ooh.
2: where the first half you're kind of scratching your head and pussing putting things together. The last 30 minutes of this are what the fuck.
0: Okay. But Movies I, like I really that are like... real hit and miss for me. So that, that can go
2: either way. I'm probably it, it not going to feel... It, it and it really it really will depend on the kind of mood you're in because if you're just looking for a, a a date flick something with your partner and you're sitting on the couch eating popcorn you know girls get stabbed in the chest guys get their eyes gouged. that's not that kind of film
3: mm-hmm.
2: but it's one where there's a lot more body horror this means that what does this represent uh then it, it, you know like it follows mm-hmm. it, it you know that the, the the it follows represents supposedly venereal disease or whatever. This mm-hmm. the things that happen towards the last twenty thirty minutes. It'll all come together, and it's up to the interpretation of the viewer what represents what.
1: Oh well, now I have to
2: see it. Yeah, I'll check it out. I actually just saw
0: it. Like like I saw it on sale at Walmart, and I was like, oh yeah, this movie came out, and I I almost picked it up just like like a blind buy, but I'm like I don't want to pay twenty four bucks a like, blind uh, buy Blu-ray. Blu- Blu-
2: it's it's in the vein of a little bit. Last year, my favorite film was Ben Wheatley's In the Earth. Did you guys see In the Earth?
0: No, I, I was terrible oh. at watching the releases last year. Okay.
2: So, again, it's one of those... I don't mind a movie that's outside of the box if it's interesting. And I liked it. But it won't be for everybody. You'll either go, that was worth my time, or I just wasted 90 minutes. Like, it's... <laughs> it's 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 like that i wasn't a huge fan of mother but i enjoyed this one so
0: so i liked mother significantly more the second time i watched it than the first time i watched
2: it because because then you you knew to look to connect the dots
0: yeah yeah so is is this is men like a movie that you have to like watch multiple times
2: this would be one you watch it the first time just for the visceral impact on you Okay. You watch the you watch it the second time to go, okay, now in retrospect, this makes sense because this happened and then this happened. And then it's purposely vague. I've watched like seven or eight of those YouTube videos. What does it mean? No two people have the exact same answer. Mm. So it's I it'll probably make my top ten. It's just okay. a matter of where. Okay.
0: Well, Ashley, was was there uh something else you wanted to talk about?
1: Um <clears throat> I watched the movie They Slash Them on oh, Hulu. I haven't seen Is that it Hulu? One. I can't remember which streaming network. I thought it was a ridiculous waste of my time.
2: Is that the one with Kevin Bacon? Yes. Yes. Okay. Wait, he's
1: in that movie? Yeah.
2: Man, I got about a, a, a gay, a gay conversion like, camp or something.
1: Yeah, it's a conversion camp, and then killing starts happening, and it's just um. The theme is, I don't know. I don't know how to touch on this appropriately as someone who's not um,
2: part of the part LGBTQ of my, community.
1: Yeah, like I, I don't really know if I can speak.
2: All, all I know is I've, I've haven't seen it, but I've heard that those who are in the community wouldn't necessarily be grateful for these characters. I oh. would.
1: I didn't. I thought, yeah.
2: I don't know. I haven't seen it. I make no judgments. I want to see it. It's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it.
1: Yeah. I didn't like it. I thought it was like I thought they were like pushing the idea of what we think um, that individuals in this community are in a like stereotypical way. Yeah. Um. Uh, they they just happen they
2: they just happen to be uh of the lgbtq community in the film but it doesn't necessarily put them in a better light than any other characters
1: yeah i don't think so but i i would be more invested in hearing what someone who is a part of that community thought about it you know what i mean
2: yeah me too I mean that's uh, you guys have a pretty good audience base so there are people in your audience base that's part of that so give them a call let them know send them an email Yeah
0: listeners if there's if, if any of you are you know a part of the LGBTQ community and if you've seen what was it they them um what did you think of it was it an accurate representation what or if not what what about it was uh, terrible. Like, what was inaccurate? What What was something you liked about the movie, or something you didn't like about the movie? Just general thoughts. So, I would definitely like to know because I am just an ignorant son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> Me too.
2: Well, see, I would How's like that? to. I I, I always like those ones where, you know, like it's up for interpretation. But is it the proper interpretation? You know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah,
1: like, I have a friend I went to high school with, um, actually like elementary through like high school with and he his parents sent him to a conversion therapy camp and he wrote a memoir about it called boy erased and it became a major major motion picture um it had nicole kidman in it and russell crowe about his time at this camp they sent him to and so like i don't know if like the uh the theme was just like a little close to home having known someone who was like very much traumatized at a camp like this and i just couldn't appreciate it but i don't know but check out boy erased that's about my friend's life and through conversion therapy
0: I, I
3: which
1: didn't work <laughs>
0: no well yeah so a surprise did. spoiler alert it doesn't work
1: it doesn't work and it traumatizes your children
0: yeah, then you would just be left home alone in your golden years wondering, why don't my children call anymore? Exactly. Uh, well, That's- Ashley, was there anything else?
1: That's all I've done this week. Um, just like pulling the curtain back a little bit. I'm not feeling great. I don't know if anyone can tell that. I'm just really not feeling great. They've taken me off a certain type of medicine because I was having an allergic reaction to it that I didn't know. I didn't realize I was having. Like, and I was having some, like, actual very deadly side effects that I should have, like, been listening to my body on and I wasn't. So, like, I had to, they had to take me off of it really quickly. <laughs> so, I'm just, like, uh And so, this week, I, basically, I just watched those two things, like, trying to just relax. I didn't get to play any video games, but they did put an update in the Evil Dead game where you can start playing for, uh characters from the
0: 2013 film so that's, that's pretty- cool ashley i do have a semi surprise for you there i decided to renew my ps plus account what i i haven't decided when i'm waiting for like an opp- like a window of opportunity at work between work and school To like renew it and start gaming, but I was going to be like, yo, let's play games that I don't play on the PlayStation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to play games together. That makes me feel better.
0: Good. I'm glad.
1: Finally. (laughs) But
0: yeah. You you beat me down, Ashley.
1: I beat you down. I finally won something.
0: Well, you didn't win the episode. That's for sure.
1: I've got to wait. No. So this was a really fun time in my life to have to experience these three films when I'm already like coming off some psychiatric medication. <laughs> and I'm yep. just like, ah. My bad. It's fine.
2: Uh, Bill, what, what else have you been watching lately?
1: Um, you, you, you I know you talked about that
2: one movie. When I was doing, uh when I was camping, what I do is because our internet is sketchy at the best. I usually download movies off YouTube, just put them on a thumb drive and then... Mm-hmm. Watch them in the trailer when I can. And one of the ones that I had gotten off YouTube was uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And that from, I don't know, is it nineteen eighty eighty one. It's a made-for-TV movie. It's a fantastic film. A really, really good. I know Greg Amortis loves the film, Greg Morgan. And anybody who likes uh, Scarecrow-themed horror has to watch Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know that... Um, uh, dolls freak out raul what about scarecrows the scarecrows not so much
0: they are they're they're a gray area for me I, I can handle them i mean honestly one of the scariest scarecrows i've seen in a while was in the movie the uh, 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 scary stories to tell in the dark but that was also very like childhood trauma for me so yeah
2: now the, the one i did watch it's not a, a strict horror film but I was sitting mm-hmm. on the couch and you're always looking for those movies to watch with the wife or your partner that you can both watch, you know, you both both. Re- so I was flipping through Netflix and I flipped being a sports guy. I'm a hardcore sports guy. There was a documentary called uh, untold the girlfriend who didn't exist. And I, I don't know if Reller asked you if you're football fans or college fans, but about 10, 12 years ago, there was a, a football player called Mante Teo. Manti Teo played for Notre Dame and he was highly recruited at a high school, went to Notre Dame, you know, touchdown Jesus, was on a, an uplifting path to a first round draft pick. But this is kind of when, I think it's 2012, uh, Facebook was really kind of just starting to get going. And someone contacted this player, Manti Teo, uh, and they just started chatting it and they ended up becoming romantically involved. and And they were, talking on the phone and they were communicating they were expressing their feelings for each other Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she quote unquote dies well let's just say Mante Teo was catfished and in front of the entire nation both his mother had died in real life and this fake girlfriend but the football player didn't know it was a fake and the, the person on the other side and we're, uh, I won't give it away because it's not a year old. It's not a spoiler. But if you look up Manti Teo and if you're not a football person, it's basically just a human interest story with football as the background to get you to the story because uh-huh. it's, this guy is of Mormon faith. He's very just, he believes the best in everybody. He works hard for football. His parents brought him upright and the mental anguish he had to deal with, with her dying. And then she comes back. And it's a two, it's a, it's a part one and a part two. It really probably could have been pushed out in an hour and a half. They just separated it on Netflix. And you know what? Even, as I said, if you know nothing about football, can you imagine a relative going back 10 years who's in love with somebody from Facebook, if, if they're from uh, Hawaii and the girlfriend's in California and he's playing at Notre Dame? And you're on national TV with NBC and ABC and Fox Sports there. And you're crying on the sidelines because this girlfriend has died. Is it a girl? Is she really a girlfriend? He's talked to her, but he's never actually physically met her. Because every time he wants to get close to her, she makes up some kind of excuse. And once he got so close that he was going to fly out to go see her, she made up a story of her getting into a car crash and getting cancer. Oh my goodness what the hell it's it, it's a fascinating story that you, you have to it's a two-parter like i don't i don't send people to watch crap and it helped me and my wife to, enough that we wanted to watch the second one asap but i had to go do something whatever so we what watched was, it the next night so, so, so what it's is called, this called again? It, it's called untold Uh, The girlfriend who didn't exist, (laughs) and it's 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 fucked up. It is it is. But when you put your head back into 2012, I mean, there were some people were still using MySpace, Mm -hmm. so Facebook is still getting up, and the whole idea of catfishing hadn't come around. Yeah, and and and, I mean, this is a a religious man. An educated man, a well-grounded man who's ready to make millions in the NFL and it cost him a first-round draft pick and his life was just never the same. That sucks. But also,
0: I mean, I, I'm a religious man. I'd like to say I'm educated even though I am clearly an idiot. I do have a bachelor's degree, so I have some some education in me. Um, I, I, I will say, just because you are a semi-level-headed individual doesn't mean you can't get riggity-wrecked by, you know, feelings, uh, feelings. emotions. We, it, it doesn't matter how smart you are or how much uh, in- intelligence you have or or experience you have. We are fallible human beings. So yeah, any anyone anyone it can happen anyone
2: since we're tying into the lgbtq plus community which i'm a big fan of i'm in favor of everything there is a tie-in with that in here as well so if you're going to watch the previous movie that we talked about uh they them check out the I'm untold because there there is a definite tie-in to this and again it's getting inside the head of People that you don't necessarily always get their point of view on, so it's it, it's and, and I find that the movie is very even keeled. It gives both sides of the story.
0: Sorry, Bill. Did you say you're not a big fan of LGBTQ communities?
2: No, I said I am a big fan of the. LGBTQ oh, I I don't know.
0: I don't know. No. Why I heard you're not a big fan. I'm like no. Oh, I said cool. I am
2: a big fan of the communities and all, all the rights that they're getting and all the recognition they're getting. What I'm saying is it's interesting for them to watch this if they're also watching they them to make a comment on both movies
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah cool uh well is that is that all you've been uh taking in
2: uh other than uh movies for uh podcasts that i'll be giving my opinion on soon or within the next week
0: awesome cannot wait to hear that and then at the end you can plug what those podcasts will be and we'll make sure to link that in the show notes yeah um so i watched three movies uh, the first one was old, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Was it was the last year it came out, right? Yeah, yeah, last year. Yep. And I, I mean, people shit on this movie, but honestly, I thought it was a pretty decent M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, it's not the Sixth Sense or old or not, son of a bitch, Sixth Sense or, or like, uh, or the village, you know, but I think it's, uh, pretty good I I, I enjoyed it I mean if you if you're a fan of M. Night Shyamalan I don't see why you wouldn't enjoy this movie Mm -hmm. um because it's he has a formula he has a formula that he follows and that's he's not going to deviate from it and I feel like this movie is you know formulated to what he puts out so I'm like yeah that that makes sense this movie checks out um I enjoyed it because I kind of knew what I was going into not because of spoilers or anything else I've heard on other podcasts, but just because I have seen other M. Night Shyamalan movies. So, yeah. uh, and also Hot Take, I do like The Happening. So I don't know. Take that for what you will. Um,
2: I, I, I think also, this, I was going to say, I think this is one of those movies where all the chops are there. The script is there. Yeah. It had the framework. I, I find it It fell flat a little in the execution. I thought it got a bit silly. And some of the acting was eh, r- rolling around on the beach and such. Uh... <laughs> I haven't for,
0: seen me, it yet. for me, I think it felt flat uh, where most of his movies usually do, and that's at the reveal. Um, and the, the reveal will either make or break his movie, in my opinion. Um, and uh, it's unfortunate that a lot of times they don't make his movie. Um, but this one, it, it was fine. i I don't know. I, I can't picture how I would have done it better just because I don't plan those. I I I don't think of that stuff, you know, like what's the reveal? What's the hook? What's the twist? You know, that's not that's just not how my mind works. I I,
2: I also felt that they tried to throw too much. Like they didn't explain it. Yeah. And, and you do, I don't need to be spoon fed, you know, whatever. But it, it just seemed like they were cramming a lot of ideas into 90 minutes. Yeah, it was
0: weird. Also, there's some parts that make sense and some parts that don't make sense. Like, I, well, I mean, we we don't we don't need to talk about it. No. I will say that there is a very interesting scene and pretty effective scene where uh, two individuals are being chased through a tiny crevice of a cave, and what is chasing them is kind of freaky to look at. It, it was it was cool. I liked it, but. Uh, like I said, if, if you like M. Night Shyamalan movies, give it a watch. Don't listen to the haters. Um, also, The Night House, I watched that one, and that was a nice little slow burn of an emotional thriller. Um, not quite horror, I mean, it is very horrific in the concept and whatnot, and especially this uh, the, this interaction that this teacher has with um, with a parent right at the beginning, after or right, yeah, right at the beginning when. You know, her, her husband commits suicide and she's dealing with the aftermath of that. And the teacher is very upfront and blunt about my husband killed himself. I'm dealing with that. Do you want me to give your dumbass son an A or what do you want? You know, Yeah, as a teacher, I cheered. Yeah. I thought of my wife, my
2: wife's a teacher. I was like, yes. <laughs> it was good. I
1: could never be a teacher.
2: Yeah. Well, you develop a thick skin.
0: <laughs> yeah bill i i have a teaching degree i can teach up to eighth grade um i just it's all the bureaucratic bullshit that keeps me out of the classroom if it was just me teaching kids i would i would leave my job right now and be a teacher
2: oh that's a whole other podcast you don't have enough time for me to talk about that
0: yeah exactly um but i thoroughly really enjoyed the night house really really loved it um
2: but the other yeah, what I, I, watched, I was gonna say it, it makes you not want to wander in the forest for There's what a you lot might of find. things
3: that don't make me want to water in the <laughs> forest. <hill. laughs>
1: I don't like forests. I don't like outdoors, like bugs. I don't know. So I, I,
2: I, I invite you to go camping with us in the trailer.
1: Camping. I could do it. I could camp in a trailer or a cabin. Okay.
2: Mine's, just a, mine's just a ten foot pop up. There's no glamping with me. It's just it's one one step off the ground.
0: That's how you do it, baby.
2: Yeah.
0: I at least take a cot with me.
2: Yeah. I said once yeah. I hit forty, I ain't sleeping on the ground. The hell with that.
0: <laughs> um, so that so the night house actually is not only just going to make you kind of paranoid about being in the woods, but it's also going to make you. A little paranoid about what outlines you might see in the in the corners of your own house like there is a really cool aspect of just like visual effects and 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 playing with perspectives and whatnot when it came to like the edges of furniture and railings and whatnot it's so damn cool i loved that
2: yeah and it's another one that's not necessarily a linear film it kind of goes around but it's a good film. That's a good film. Absolutely, uh, the last movie that I watched was
0: *Orphan: First Kill*, and I'm not going to talk to a lot about that because it's in the year of its release. But uh, I'm just going to say one thing: I enjoyed it.
1: I want to see that.
0: Haven't haven't seen it yet.
1: What's it streaming on? Paramount Plus. I,
0: yeah, Paramount Plus. I had to sign up for Paramount Plus, but I enjoyed it.
1: Fine. Another streaming service I'm going to have to sign up for.
0: <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, listeners, you guys know me. I got to talk about some books. I did just finish Offspring by Jack Ketchum. Great
2: book. Yes. Fantastic book. Oh, I like Jack Ketchum. God. I like
0: Jack Ketchum. It was, and and uh, if, if you guys have been listening, I had to read this directly following... Uh, what, what what the hell was it? It was uh, Stolen Tongues. And that book, I swear to Moses, that was a slog. But Offspring by Jack Hatcham was the pickup I You're Sitting hated. on my desk, I have this one. The Lost, yes. That's on my, on my to-read list. I have that in my Kindle library. Pick that right up now. in a secondhand
2: store. The thing with uh, uh, Jack Ketchum is he's easy to read, and the words are easy. It's not mm-hmm. heavy, but it can get damn well gritty. It could get gruesome and not just yeah. physically like emotionally too. Yeah. But he's a, a, yeah, he's a, he's on the darker side, but I like him. I really there, do.
0: At, 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 actually there's the one point in offspring. Well, first of all, it takes place 11 years after the, the, the first book came or it takes, takes, place in, which was uh off season. And it's the, the cannibal tribe that lives in the mountains have rebuilt, reformed and are back in this, uh, dead river town and they are wreaking havoc sweet moses it is a sweet read full of just gruesomeness brutality at one point there's this guy that is being hacked up while he's still alive and in his shock riddled mind the only thing he can do to comprehend what's happening is to just pretend like this is an operation he's going on un- he's going under and it he's trying to like I don't know. Piece it out as though he's awake during this operation and he's trying to figure out what the doctors are trying to fix in him. And it's fantastic. And his final his final thought is like why are they eating my heart?
3: Oh <laughs> my <great>. god.
0: <laughs> At one point a baby ass baby gets thrown off a cliff as a distraction. <laughs> oh
1: my god. It's this Amazing! You we were about to talk about
0: which one?
1: Killing Ground.
0: <laughs> well, let's not forget the baby that dies in German Angst.
1: I'm pretty sure I turned that movie off.
0: Okay, we'll get to that. But um, <laughs> yes, listeners, if you like brutality, Offspring by Jack Cashion is a great read. Um, I'm also currently reading a short little novella uh, called Brute by Ash Eric Moore. Uh, not entirely sure what it's about. Maybe a kidnapping and a torture situation, but uh, it's not too long. I'll probably finish it today. It was recommended by Kevin Patterson. Good old Kevin. Thank you very much for the recommendation. Uh, cannot wait to finish this and let you guys know what I thought about it. But that's all I've been ingesting horror-wise. So with that in, we can move on to the reviews proper. Um, like, hold, I'm sorry, not the reviews proper. The the little conversation we we're going to have generally about extreme horror. Uh, Bill, you said you prepared a little timeline of the history of extreme horror, right?
2: Well, it's kind of what I do. I over prepare, and then you never know what you might need. So. <laughs> The topic, if anybody hasn't gotten the gist of today's conversation with Ashley and Ravel and myself, is extreme horror. You call it extreme horror. You call it slasher. You call it torture porn. You call it out there, outside of the box movies. You call it, you know, each different country has their own rating system. And this is this is the stuff that's outside of the theaters for the most part or if it is it's an you know it's what do they call it nr 17 or whatever it is where it's just just or rated x some of the stuff would be rated x not for sexual content but just for violence and extreme uh, situations that are put into it. Mm-hmm. now raul before you get into me in this what is it about extreme horror or cinema that kind of got you first involved in the genre so
0: growing up, I I would watch like uh, you know the, the the classic horror movies. I'd watch you know like uh, Creature Features, uh, The The Fly, or like some sort of werewolf movie, uh, R- R- Romero Zombies. Um, you know something that was horror and horrifying, but never I don't know felt real. It, there was always some sort of le- a level of disconnect between me and the events on the screen. Um, and then I kind of discovered slashers and i thought and it's not some overly um uh like far out concept it is a man with a knife and his goal is to kill and that was that felt really real to me that that was scary real to me so but but after a while you watch so many slashers become a little desensitized or at least i did and what happened was i found a movie uh and it was high tension. There's actually a movie you wanted to cover on the show, but Ashley ended up picking a different one. Um, so I watched High Tension, and that felt different. It felt wrong. It felt real. It felt mean, and it felt like something I shouldn't be watching. So it it just there's a a certain level of taboo in there with it. Um, For the most part, in other movies, there are figures of innocence that have what I like to refer to as plot armor. They're not going to die. They're not going to get hurt because they are untouchable. They they are pregnant women, babies, pets, animals. You know, they have plot armor. The plot is not going to hurt this child. It's not going to hurt the baby, this dog, this cat, this pregnant woman. 90% of the time, even in other horror movies but with extreme extreme horror movies and 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 whatnot it's 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 no one's safe you know the it's it's a little different because well, I, I i think back to the quote um by by wes craven and he said that the first monster that the viewer should be afraid of is the director and if the director is willing to show you something that you're not willing to see, you don't feel safe. And if you don't feel safe, that's a scarier experience in my opinion. A lot of people don't like horror movies because they don't like seeing things, they, they don't like watching death. They don't, want, they don't like being faced with the concept of death. That's, that's what I've come across, right? Us as horror fans, we see that all the time. We come desensitized to it, but there are lines that horror fans aren't willing to cross people get outright crazy if you kill a kid, if you kill a dog or a cat, especially, you know? And I'm like, look, that's horror is not meant to be a, a comfort blanket sometimes. Some, some people, yeah, absolutely it is, especially for people like us. But when when horror can also be a sense of unsafe and uneasiness, That's an effective and a fucking enjoyable experience, in my opinion. And extreme horror is a genre that really hits those notes for me. A lot of other movies I can watch and I can get desensitized to and I can enjoy for the ride and the genre and all of that happy shit. But extreme horror will make me feel something and I love it. Yeah, that's, so that's that's just me.
2: Yeah, we're 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 along the same wavelength with that, Ashley. What is it about extreme horror that's kept you away from watching it all your life?
1: <clears throat> I just don't like it. I don't like the brutality. I don't like the language. You like, if we're talking about Gutterballs, like I didn't like that gratuitous, disgusting, like crude language through the whole film. Okay. So I just don't like that. I don't like it.
2: See, for me, my history with it is when I was at my friend Dominic's 11-year-old, 11th birthday, he had older brothers, and he had he had Texas Chainsaw on the VCR. So I saw mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw at the age of seven, or sorry, 11.
0: Damn.
2: And so it scared the bejeebers out of me. But at the same time, it's my all-time favorite horror film. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and Texas Chainsaw, the beauty of it is, and I'll get into it when I do my list. Some people call it an extreme film, but the beauty of Texas Chainsaw is it makes your mind go places and imagine things that didn't actually happen, but it sticks with you. That glint of the hook, the close of the door, the sound of the chainsaw, uh, Sally running through the forest. Uh, the grandpa back. Yeah. A, a grandpa, you know, trying desperately to hit her in the head in that bucket and can't quite get it you don't see anything but your mind is going 100 miles an hour and so i honestly when i watch horror films i'm like you raul very little scares me and and it's not because i'm a tough guy it's not because i'm this jaded it's just i've seen so much i understand it as an entertainment Mm -hmm. so extreme horror like you every once in a while it's the only genre of horror where my back might be up a bit So sure, you might get scared in a, in a traditional film with a, a cheap uh, jump scare you know you can get a shock scare which you, you know but temporarily and then it's gone uh, an extreme film has the possibility there of the skin actually standing on my neck you know you can actually get a sweat of for on your forehead mm-hmm. again it doesn't and the other reason i like uh extreme hit cinema is i love practical effects and I want to see how close it looks to what it would in reality look like. Mm-hmm. Like when we get into the Japanese guinea pig films and you get into uh, the August underground films, they look not so far off. Like I'm not a medical guy. I, I'm not a doctor or whatever, but I, I, I know it's fake. So I go into the, in the mindset. I know she's not getting whatever's happening to her, but I do know that they're trying to make it look like it is. So how close does it look? That's that's what I'm looking for. Cause I know it's just uh corn syrup and dye, but how much you know what what is it and, and what situation can you be put into? So I, I I like it. I like getting myself psyched up and scared. I, I I'm looking for it. I haven't had it happen in 35 years, but I'm looking for it. Exactly. <laughs> there
0: there's one thing like so many horror fans and people that talk about horror movies they'll say things like, oh, I wish I could uh, watch this movie again for the first time, or I I wish I could relive how I found horror movies or something like that, right? Yep. Mm
3: -hmm. And
0: for me, it's kind of like chasing that high. And don't get me wrong, it is 1,000% an addiction. But, you know, imagine a movie – that disturbed you so much it takes you back to the time where you were just a fledgling little sapling barely discovering horror movies for the first time and you feel like you are unsafe watching what you sh- what you feel like you shouldn't be watching that is an, af- is an effective horror movie and it's
2: scary as shit
0: and that's why i love extreme movies
2: it'll stick with you you know like your typical supernatural film you know in one ear at the other but some of them, they'll stick with you yeah and you you remember that japanese obscure film you watched in the late 80s because you don't remember the slasher you watched last week but you remember the extreme film oh 100% so yeah so what i did is i kind of just went over in my head having watched these films for many years kind of the the evolution now this is by no by no means exhaustive Uh, I just basically went off memory. I didn't go to any, you know, Wikipedia or anything like that. So uh, to me, the way horror films, as we know them, extreme films, the, the beginnings of them were from the early 1960s. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one I thought of was uh, Les Yeux Sans Visage, Eyes Without a Face, about a a doctor whose daughter has been into a car accident and he's, literally switching up faces to give her the beauty that she he thinks she deserves. And you go to Peeping Tom from 1960 and you get Psycho from 1960. Those three were kind of the ones that kind of got the ball rolling. Now there was uh, films prior to 1960, obviously. There was an underground film. But these are the ones that kind of got it going. Then you're getting into HGL, Herschel Gordon-Lewis. the of Godfather Gore. of Gore. You've got your Blood Feast of, in 1964. you got 2,000 Maniacs. I love 2,000 Maniacs. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that film. Yep. Uh, you've got The Wizard of Gore, Color Me Blood Red, The Gore Gore Girls. It, it was cheap. You knew it was fake. You knew it was rubbery. But they're just a lot of fun. They're low budget. Have you seen any of the Herschel, uh, Herschel Gordon, Lewis Row?
0: I have. And it's important to note that before that, there hadn't really been a whole lot of visceral violence on screen in, in cinema. And no. they he brought that very brilliant bright red blood.
2: Yeah, brought that yellowish paint red all mm-hmm. over the spot. Have you seen any of their Herschel Gordon Lewis, Ashley? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that, that will be next week. So then I kind of went into you get your proto slashers. You have The Bay of Blood uh, from 1971, Bava, fantastic film. Texas Chainsaw in 74, Black Christmas in 64, where they weren't all that graphic, but the implication of evil was there. You know the extreme horror was right around the corner. In the 70s, you get into your grindhouse films and your extreme, like they had to fill up the the drive-ins with movies that the teenagers would go make out to and really didn't matter the quality of the film out there. Or they wanted ones where guys or girls would have their Potential partner jump into their laps, into their bosom or whatever. They wanted them to close. So what do they throw on there? Last house on the left. I spit on your grave. The hills have eyes. House at the end of the park. You've got your Nazi exploitation films. You've got your nun exploitation films, your Alucardas, those kind of films. Those kind of, I think, are the ones that get them into the public conscience. The grindhouse film. you got your cannibal films. You've got your Cannibal Holocaust. You've got your Cannibal Ferox. You've got your Mountains of the Cannibal God. There's a thousand Italian cannibal films where people, and they become extreme because animals die in some of them. Mm -hmm. And you get, you know, eyeballs being gouged out and innards being chomped on and just stuff. There's a lot of blood. You've got your, your ones that don't really fit into any categories. You have Sallow or 150 Days of Sodom. Have you seen mm-hmm. that one, bro? Yeah,
0: yeah. And in fact, I think we just talked about it on the last episode.
2: Oh, what did you think of that one, Ash? I did
1: oh.
2: not watch it. Oh, <laughs> it sorry.
0: I, I I talked about it on the last episode as part of my horror happenings. I watched it independently, just okay.
2: just for the lulls. Um, yeah, it was
1: <laughs> like.
2: Well, the thing with the thing with it is, is it actually could have occurred. Like that was based on what happened in the Italians. With the fascists in World mm-hmm. War II. I mean, yeah, they're not the, saying Marquee it's...
0: Marquis de Sade and all that. Are, yeah,
2: we're not saying it's note for note, cut for cut, exactly what happened. But it's within the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Faces of Death films. And I remember in, in high school going to the video store and getting all those Mondo films, of wacky things that happened in African tribes where they cut their tongues open and they're drinking the blood of the sheep and all that kind of stuff. Those films, you got to. Um, you got your Japanese films. Your Japanese guinea pig films, uh, Grotesque, Tokyo Gore Police, Meatball Machine, Ichi the Killer, Audition, Naked Blood. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're a big fan of Audition, Rao. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: None of these ring a bell. <laughs>
2: Have you never seen Ichi the Killer, Ashley? No. Oh, it's not even a horror. I wouldn't, would you consider that a horror film, Raul? I I haven't seen it. I've heard a lot oh, about it. It is currently oh. sitting in my Amazon cart. There, there, there is a scene where the entire floor of an apartment is just filled with blood. That sounds like my wet dreams. You've got your... <laughs> <laughs> you're going to love it. Watch one called Naked Blood. Look up Naked Blood. There's a scene where a woman puts her hand in a deep fryer. And let's just say she self-consumes.
0: <laughs> that oh is awesome. I also want to watch Necromantic.
2: Oh, necro- I-, I was going to get to Necromantic. Yeah, I got that. That fits too. Because my next one was German extremes. The Germans do it great. Mm-hmm. I love German extremes. So you got your Necromantic one and two. There's a masturbation scene in Necromantic that you're just not going to forget. You just
0: Oh, no spoilers. No spoilers.
2: No spoilers. But there's some dong to the extreme. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so they're, 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 they, have, they have a film called Violent Shit, which I've seen, which is just <laughs> low-budget low German extreme. One of my favorite directors, and I say this with all seriousness, is Olaf Ittenbach. Olaf Ittenbach has a, is a successful director of German extreme low-budget films. The Burning Moon, Primotos, The Fallen Angel, No Reason, Savage Love, I've seen a couple more of them. It's low-budget German fare, but it's a lot of fun. I really love it. And you get the, uh, what's the other movie, Shram, about the serial killer? That's German. Now we get to the French extreme films. I mean, there's a whole list of the French extreme films. I mm-hmm. uh, hear Ashley just loved Martyrs. <laughs> I, I
1: want, I want, I don't, that episode hasn't come out yet. So I'm, oh,
2: I'm Okay, then we'll keep quiet. Well, no, yeah, that's, no, that's well, by the the one time that's they hear, can. I was gonna say by the by the time they hear this, that's out already.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I I think I liked that one.
2: Martyrs is my favorite horror movie this century. Damn, it is because it makes you think. What did she whisper into his ear? What exactly I've, did she? I thought about that for so many years. You know. <laughs> yes. Do humans get skinned? Yeah. She, but but they keep her the person alive and they keep it's a, an amazing film. Because the first half is just blood and gut shooting, and then it flips and it has that opening of someone running. I i love that film. But you also get films like Inside. Inside's a great film. Mm-hmm. Uh Tension. High Tension. You got Frontiers, you've got eels uh Them. Uh you've got La Horde. There's a whole list of the French extreme films which are fantastic because the french have i mean you might even include that to modern day raw or titan those are also in that of that ilk where the french take it to the extreme you know they don't just show your tna and your blood and your killing for the sake of it there's usually a purpose in the plot but they take it to the next level like it's really good
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then and then you've got your modern day torture porn or that's the new quote for it, it kind of started when Hostel came out and you've got the saw films come out Ah, uh, the human centipede films, uh, the American guinea pig films. You get, and then they keep going. A lot of this stuff you got to go to certain sites where they advertise it because it's not going to be on IMDb or whatever. So you got to.
0: Yeah, some of these, some of these movies are a little hard to find, especially on
2: like a physical media. Yeah, yeah, like, um, oh, uh, t- uh, Toe Tag Productions. You can probably find their stuff. Some of the stuff is out there, but you got to look around. It, it, you know, you got to get a region-free DVD player and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, because a lot of it's European. Yeah. And the last are the ones that I found that just couldn't fit into anything else. Uh, the August Underground films. Have you, You've you seen them, Raul? I have not. I really oh, want the August to. Underground films. Uh, Fred Vogel, there's a story where he tried to cross the border into Canada. They were doing some kind of film uh, weekend the uh the border wouldn't let him cross cuz they thought i had legit snuff films and they had to go through the tape to make sure that this was not an actual crime it don't eat lasagna or something when you're watching this just just, just don't.
3: bill There's you three-
2: you you just guarantee that I'm going to be eating ribs during that. Oh, you just got a boner the size of your fucking microphone. Talking, You about don't this. even know, dude. <laughs> there's, the, <laughs> there's, there's the Italian film, Adam Chaplin, which is a lot of blood and guts. It's it's fun. Uh, you have the Hotel Infernos. Uh, one similar to a scene we saw in a film we'll review. Uh, Antichrist. You've seen Antichrist? The with one the, with
0: Willem Dafoe, yeah. Yes,
2: Yeah, with the scissors, yeah. Oh my gosh! Such a great scene. <laughs> you've got like, and I almost put this in in the '70s, the Giallo films, because no, they're not always the most extreme, but they show the blood and the murder and the, you know, it's in full view. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Poughkeepsie tapes. If you've seen the Poughkeepsie tapes, Ashley yeah, just she... perked up because we talked about that last episode. Go more, oh, perf- yeah.
1: Loved that movie.
2: Yeah, the, the, the acting gets a bit hammy, but it's fun.
1: That's the one criticism I had in that episode. Yeah, like I the,
2: thought
1: the, the actors what, got a little bit. I was gonna over say
2: that. when the teacher's talking from the classroom or whatever, and you're like, yeah, oh,
1: yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. That's-
2: yeah, yeah, but the stuff in the basement and all that—that's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, the, the most infamous that we haven't touched on is a Serbian film. Which I've seen a couple times, two, three times at least, and yeah, some of the stuff is pretty. Eh, it's for shock's sake, but it's an allegory of the treatment of uh, minor social minorities in Serbia in the early 1990s. And and the and the film director is there. You go. The film director is showing that, in an extreme way, because of the extremes that were done to some of the serbs there you go
0: yeah listeners ashley is currently holding up her blu-ray copy of a serbian film which i did not make her buy just so everyone's clear
2: ashley don't watch it with your daughter no don't uh, watch it in the dark um i wouldn't be eating i was but but the main do you know anything about the film ashley
1: I only know the plot points that Raul told me, and uh, I'm watching this movie one time, and it's going to a very special home in New York.
2: Okay. and (laughs) New York? Where is it? What?
1: One of my friends. I'm going to send it to one of my friends. I,
2: I will say, you know, a lot of people shit on it, and they have every right to. The film production quality for this type of film is really good. Okay? So you're not... You're not getting backdoor movie making with shadows all over the place. the The film score is excellent for this film, kind of like Hannibal. Hannibal uh, Holocaust has a really good score, so does this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it does get gross and, and 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 such, but if you can, and there's one particular scene involving a child, parents sometimes might, yeah. but just take it in the vein of its a fictional film if you can discern between fact and fiction you'll be fine with it
3: <laughs>
0: bill will. i i will say that that movie uh, more than any other movie is one that got to me so much so that i have not i've only seen it the one time i will rewatch it again but i am not in a rush to rewatch it again because the the gambit of at least my gambit of of uh emotions is a circle so i typically feel you know nothing um and then in in the that makes me sound like a sociopath the (laughs) i typically am like neutral right and then if i see uh, an extreme horror movie it makes when it makes me feel something it makes me feel scared or unsafe or disturbed that's a really interesting experience for me like i've said numerous times already but this ran the gambit and completely brought me back around to the other side of the circle where I felt numb. And to the point where it ceased to become a fun experience for me. Granted, I've seen a lot other stuff since then. And I would be interested to see how I fare watching it again. It's almost like weight training. I feel like maybe I blew out my sphincter. Uh, like deadlifting more than I should have at the point in my training. And now that I have increased my abilities, I would like to uh, set a new personal best. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense?
2: Yep. It, it completely makes sense. It's, I, and I think the, honestly, the director and the producer would be good with that feeling because they they're not, it's not meant to be a happy film, but it's meant to be a film that causes conversation. And and oh, that's what absolutely. that's what this film does. It causes conversation, right? And the the funny, it's so funny that
0: Ashley has the Blu-ray because w- when we were talking about it not too long ago, I told her that that's a movie I'm not gonna make her watch. All these movies, yes, I I made Ashley watch, but I was telling ta- I was telling her the stuff that I saw in the movie, and it was not I wasn't selling Ashley or anything. Ashley, I wasn't selling you.
1: Wait a second, <laughs> I thought I do have to watch it.
0: You said, well, first like of all. That movie? What? I
1: thought
0: that's why no, she I bought thought, it. I no, thought I, Ashley picked that movie. No, Ashley did not pick the movie. She, I, I said because you bought it before Ashley, Ash, and I had that conversation because we had the we had the conversation about a Serbian film, and then like the next day you're like, oh, where do I find the Serbian film on Blu-ray? And I told you where, um, and then like two days after that, that's when. Ash and I had the conversation and I recommended a Serbian film because you had agreed to watch it and I asked if we could watch it on an episode and I'm like, yes, I just got the green light to add it onto the roster of extreme horror movies. But when I recommended it to Ashley, she said, oh, I don't think I can watch that movie. And I'm like, damn it.
2: (laughs) So can I recommend maybe you watch it for the next episode? That is the next episode. Okay.
0: Add it on and add on. do it. (laughs) <laughs> I it, I don't think Ashley would be okay with watching it right now we're gonna wait off on a little bit <laughs> okay I mean Fair I idea. would be okay watching it right now I could pop that in right now just to see what's up but it is it is a hard movie to watch It it like I said it made me feel numb it brought me back all the way to the other side of that emotional spectrum. And yeah, I don't know. There's there's a scene,
2: there's a a certain scene involving sexual activity and the loss of a head. Yep. That will make you go, wow. There is a literal skull fucking.
1: (laughs) That happened in a movie.
2: That happened in headless. If you've seen headless, have you seen headless? I've not seen headless. I can only write so fast, Bill. Headless, Headless is the one, <laughs> is the movie that's the offshoot of Found. Did you see Found? About the older brother whose younger brother had been um, bullied at school and he chopped the head off of the bully of his brother and kept now it that, in a bowling
0: bag. Now, that's, that's the movie where
2: the cover is like black and white, uh, yep. gas the guy mask. with the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But Headless is an offshoot of that film. The last one I just wanted to talk about that is probably the most recent one from this year. So I won't get into the spoilers and I'm sure you two have seen, I wouldn't call it extreme, but it might be for some. And it's the sadness Mm -hmm. because the sadness has a couple scenes of where skulls come up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was referring to. Oh, that was
2: the sadness. Okay.
0: Yeah. Actually the difference between the skull fucking that's, Implied in the sadness, and that you see in the Serbian film is is just that. I mean, it, it, you don't see it in the sadness, but you see it in a Serbian film. Um,
1: this may just <clears throat> this may just get sent
2: straight on to someone else. <laughs> oh no! But now that you bought it, you you, you can't not watch it. You're just teasing yeah. yourself. Come on.
1: I did not pay for that. So it's
2: fine. Okay. Well, that's your call. It's a female's prerogative.
1: That's right.
0: Ashley, I'm not going to make you watch it. I will encourage you to watch it, but I'm not going to make you watch it.
2: (laughs) And so that was just kind of a brief list. There's all kinds of stuff in these South Korean. There's some South Korean stuff. Uh, There's uh, lots of stuff that's underground. There's all kinds of, you know, but i i actually I implore everybody to at least investigate it you know you don't you don't need to watch it, but if you're going to watch any of them watch some of the French extreme because they're very well shot uh they're very the stories make sense there's a sense of drama there's a sense of tension to them. You just might not like maybe five percent of what's shown
1: <laughs> yeah
2: like high tension is amazing it's a great film oh, i love high tension so much
1: then why didn't you like you gave me the choices and i just thought that other one was a cool name so i went with that and
2: oh i enjoyed that for very for a, a myriad of reasons which we'll get into
1: shall we get into these
2: righty so uh so raul Wait. is actually gonna introduce this film <laughs> uh' what
0: is the first No, the first movie that we're going to talk about is Son of a Bitch. Where did my notes go?
2: I was going to say, is that an alternate title? Is that the European title? It sure is, my guy.
1: (laughs) Are we doing Killing Ground first?
0: Yes, Killing Ground.
1: Because that's the one I enjoyed the most. Yep. Um... Only just because it was probably the least
0: it's probably the most conventional horror film
2: yeah most yeah. the most mainstream
0: yeah yeah we're gonna do killing ground first uh I'm gonna go ahead and give this synopsis here. And I'm going to read the synopsis right off of IMDb. And it is, a couple's camping trip turns into a frightening ordeal when they stumble across a, the scene or for, of a horrific crime. Well,
1: okay. I don't I mean, know if that feels appropriate.
2: It's a little vague, but then, but then IMDb, that's what they do. They keep it a bit vague. Or they give away everything. Or, yeah, it's one or the other.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, but you know, I this movie is really good. I I enjoy the hell out of this movie. Um, I I saw this movie. Let's see when when did it come out? This movie came out in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um, and I heard buzz about it. It was actually right around the time that I first started listening to HMP and horror podcasts in general. And when I was catching up with episodes, I heard Jay of the Dead talk about this. And at that point, I had already come to realize that between all of the hosts of HNP, um, my tastes for movies aligned the most with Jay of the Dead's. So I thought, well, if he liked this movie, I'm definitely going to check it out. And lucky for me, it was streaming at the time on Netflix. So I popped it in, watched it on my laptop. And when it was over, I closed my laptop, went into my son's room, held him, and told him, I'll never let anything hurt you. And that was the moment that I realized I have a deep-rooted, for, deep-rooted fear of uh, impotency, the, the, what we talked about in the call-in, where I feel I fear danger befalling my family and loved ones, and I am powerless to do anything about it.
2: Yeah, I, I had seen this when it first came out but it had been quite a while so I didn't mind refreshing myself on this one because almost after about five years unless it's a true tried and true favorite, you're going to forget a lot of the details. So I, I appreciate you having me see this.
0: Ashley, this was a first time watch for you, correct?
1: Yes, it was. It was... I
0: don't, I don't know why I said correct, like time. this is a
2: freaking... <laughs> is this Jeopardy? You are correct. (laughs) Go ahead, Ashley. Here here, here are three packages of turtle wax just for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a first time watch. Took me three times to get through it.
2: Oh,
0: that must have been rough.
1: I don't know if it was the movies or how I'm feeling. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, one of them probably didn't help the other.
1: No, it was horrible. Like I would sent this tweet and I was like, I need someone to hold me physically hold me down. Hold me down. Keep my eyes open. I can't do this. i made I made it through though. Cause if my brain doesn't want to do something, it's really hard to get me to do it. But I made it through. I made it through that one. I will say. <laughs>
2: Okay, cool. okay, so so I was going to say, this is directed by Damien Power, who I hadn't heard of anything Damien had done before. I looked him up. I I didn't recognize any of it. And it has uh, Aaron Peterson, who doesn't appear to have been in anything I knew of. Ian Meadows. You know, I think Ian Meadows was in that I knew of a scare campaign. Have you seen Scare Campaign? I have not, known. no. No, I, I've seen that uh and harriet dyer who was in the, the latest version of the invisible man small well, who is she playing that i don't know. small role i would i had to have looked at. probably maybe it's the friend i don't know mm-hmm. obviously it wasn't uh elizabeth moss or whatever no no the sister maybe maybe it's the sister yeah i can't recall I'd have to look her up. Killing Ground. What's the girl's name? Dyer. Harriet Dyer. So, in The Invisible Man, she played a character called Emily Class. Emily Cass. Hmm. Not ringing a bell. No. <clears throat> so, uh, do you want to, uh, Raúl? What were your thoughts on the story? Well, I I really liked how
0: the the story doesn't it, it 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 forces the viewer to ask questions as things are progressing along because it's not told in a linear way. You don't see one. There's essentially two stories between the campsite, the people that were there just a couple days ago, and the people that are there now. And they it it's not linear. You don't see one story and then the second one. The stories are told intermittently alongside each other. And because of that you are it leaves you a little disorientated as far as what's happening when and i'm not going to say it's a bad thing there's some movies that do it very very poorly but this movie did it very well uh to a sense that it added to that to the definite sense of uneasiness and unsafeness um i just i i love the fact that um because of that mechanic that non-linear mechanic we, the viewers are not really privy to any information that the viewers or that the that the people themselves are not privy to until it's too late like we're not yelling a whole lot of like don't go in that room, blah 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 type of shit you know this isn't that kind of movie it's not a little campy teen scream. this is a very mean movie and I, I feel like the fact that it was a non-linear story just definitely added to the experience yeah a lot of use of flashbacks
1: you it know. made me a little yeah. confused as a, like a first time watch
0: yeah that I, I can definitely
2: see that yeah like i'm kind i was gonna say i'm kind of used to with these kind of films having to flip back and forth but if you're not You're not ready for it at the beginning. You're like, okay, I got to look at it, okay, in different way.
1: What is going on here? That's why it took me several times. I was like, yeah, I'm confused about who is what and where and when.
2: But but I mean, this kind of film really starts off as a slow build. Mm -hmm. This is one of those films that you're not going to get, you know, uh, an impalement in the first five minutes, and it'll hold you. Like, (laughs) it's not one of those. No. So it kind of, it very much reminded me of uh, Eden Lake. Yes. You seen Eden Lake? Yeah, with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, from, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so. Yeah. It's, uh, again, family showing up, looking to go camping and looking for a site, uh, a couple. And they, the one they want, they can't get to, and then they're kind of advised to go to this other camp. And and what's happened to the people that had been there before? But that takes about half an hour to build up.
0: Yeah, I I do like at the very beginning um, when the Ian character and he's was it the Ian character what the 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 guy of the couple? Yeah. He asks um, someone in a random truck, "How do I get to this campground?" And he's like, "Oh, you're not going to get there on in what you're driving. You need a four four wheel drive to get there." And he sends him to another campground. And I th- i think, you know, that's usually where we see the harbinger of death. Don't go that way. You're all doomed. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, He's the crazy Ralph. He is the crazy Ralph. But he,
0: instead of, you know, legitimately wanting to save these kids from harm, <laughs> he sets them up to, I guess, populate his hunting grounds.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very much of the... It's like on Texas Chainsaw where they stop at the gas station and they end up at the Sawyer House. I mean, there's, yeah, there's yeah, so, yeah. someone always sends them the way that the story intends it to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you know, again, it's not that different than say an 80 slasher, where people end up, you know, being told to go somewhere and they end up there. But it's it's not an 80 slasher in terms of its uh mood. It's no, more. Att- it's a more attention-filled film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sense of dread if is being built. If it
1: was an built. 80s slasher feel, I would be really hyped right now.
0: Well, I mean, Gutterballs was an 80s slasher
2: feel.
1: I didn't. know. No. I mean, Cat. <laughs> mm. I want not talk about but, that one. But, but
2: this film has a whole bunch of the traditional horror tropes. Oh, yeah. The, the car breaks down. There's no cell service. There's mm-hmm. a child in peril. Like they're pulling a whole bunch of tropes. Yeah. You no, know, there's the the, the, the the crazy locals, the yokels in the backwoods. Like it's, it's using a whole bunch of traditional horror tropes and kind of inadequate police in. officers. Yeah, inadequate yeah. Po- yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was confused about this, and maybe you guys can help me. So there was two of them, right? The one guy Seem to, like, be really into it, and the other guys seem to, like, always need assurance. Am I, like, reading that correctly? Like, one of them was, like, hesitant most of the time.
0: So, one one of them, the the older gentleman with the beard
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and the dog, he um there's a little that's what i love about this movie they don't feed you the backstory you get the these characters and what their role is to each other because he is the chiseled veteran of like debauchery he's the one that tries to cover his ass he he uh breaks the cell phone because he knows it has incriminating evidence he tells him to be careful he's he tells the other guys like you don't know what it's like in prison i just came out of prison for however many years he was in there he he tells him you need to cover your ass, blah, blah blah. He's the one that's like the take the take charge, like like Pinky in the brain. He's the brain, you know. Right. And the other guy who I called uh, Costco Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> um, he he's the he's the young buck. He doesn't know what's going on. He's willing to be influenced and just kind of do whatever he wants to, or follow rules as long as those rules help him do whatever the freak he wants to and, and whatnot. Um, So, I mean, he's kind of scared us to the things he's able to do and, and the things he can bring himself to do. Like uh, the, the scene where the family, the first family is uh, well, let's say the target practice scene, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's the one I was really thinking about when, <clears throat> when I said that, because a little bit he looked like he was like hesitant to do it.
0: Yeah, uh, very, very much so. I mean, he's uh, it's it's scary, and then finally he just kind of gives into it and shoots was, the dad right in the eye.
1: I would say that uh, didn't last very long because then he just killed that guy. So he was just like, yeah.
0: Well, you can tell that he didn't quite know exactly what he's doing. I mean, when the older guy tells him, hey, "Go have your fun," blah 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 blah, you know, and and talking about the girl sleeping in the car, his—I I guess his fun was just tapping on the window, scaring the shit out of her, and barking like a dog. Like, like, yeah. what, what the hell is he doing? His his manner of like forced courtship is really weird. Yeah, I don't.
1: I'm. I don't know i don't understand like the motivation behind what they're doing
2: but you also got the feel of it of the younger guy finally gets to emerge from the older guy's shadow you know like why is this guy always calling the shots why can't i ever you know so by the end when i don't know if i want to spoil this but by the end when he has a certain Uh, decision, as, as soon as the guy the older guy says shoot me he has no hesitancy shooting him. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's yeah. his, his turn to grab the bull by the horns and take over. Now, things don't work out too well for him, but <laughs> you know, it, it's almost one of those will to survive. And you know, as soon as the kid is being wandering, they're not going to kill the kid. I mean, they're, not, they're just not. So that, well, that, part of it, that is open ended. It, it is. My very last note is. Did Ollie survive? Did, you're, you're not quite sure.
1: Did that guy slam a baby against the ground and kill it?
0: Well, it wasn't dead after he got slammed no. to the ground.
2: No, he bounced back like a trooper. Okay. But we don't know, to, you know, they leave it a little vague. Let's just put it that way.
0: I, I have a theory of what's going to happen to Ollie, but we can save
2: that for a little bit. I was, I was going to say there there was some slick driving with the police, with the police in the forest. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
0: So um, the, the, the story really takes a turn. Once the first, once we see what happens to the first family, wherein they get, you know, it's essentially a home invasion, but in the woods, you know, the, the people run up to them, it's uh it doesn't bode well. the father gets uh restrained, the mother and daughter get beaten and raped, and then all three of them die
2: right yeah, although not all totally shown, so if you're a little squeamish, it doesn't
1: yeah, it's just really bleak
2: <clears throat> yes bleak. nihilistic, I would say the film
1: is. yeah yeah yeah
0: it it is very mean, yes yeah um. But it I mean we we see that happen, and then we see kind of like um uh, the 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 couple the other couple you know kind of get set upon by the young guy who is
1: yeah
0: inexperienced, but I guess he's trying to live out his previous fantasies and man it's whew, it's rough be I love I love the part where um the the young guy the, the the Costco Jesse pink and Pinkman runs up on this couple the second couple and you know he takes uh the young man up into the hills by the falls is what he calls them and he i mean we know where he's taking them that it's it's one of the only parts in the movie where 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 we know exactly it's it's probably the only part of the movie where it's like don't go into the room moment you know but it's when he's when he goes there when they get there and jesse pinkman costco jesse pinkman is you know he sees it and then the first thing the only thing he can think to say is where's the mother she should be here where's the mother
2: mm-hmm yeah it, it's a weird it's almost that feeling of that moment of where oh the gig is up how am I going to play this now yeah mm-hmm. you know okay because the, the the one doctor is like okay we got to get medical treatment we got to get him to the hospital we got to go get authorities whatever and the other guy's like well let's just keep going <laughs> yeah okay sure you know and so you kind of know at that point you the thing with this movie is you kind of know where you're going to get to at the end you just want to be entertained by the journey to get there. Now, entertained might be a loose word, but you know you you you're not quite sure how it's going to get there, but you kind of you kind of know how it's going to end.
0: Now, I want to ask you guys a question. What did you feel? Um, well, hold on, we'll get there in a bit. How, how did you feel about the whole um, Costco Jesse Pinkman accidentally shooting? the other guy like the other bad guy
1: accidentally shooting the other guy
0: (laughs) oh i i definitely think it was an accident he's like he's on high alert his senses are you know just going crazy he's not focusing he's panicking he sees something moving in this corner of his eye and he's i guarantee his finger was on the trigger the whole time and then he just boom gets a round off and it just happens to be not the person he was aiming for um, what what did you guys feel about that though? I thought it was really funny.
1: Yeah, I just thought I was like, "Wow, this is how this guy is going to get ended."
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was a bit of a weak death. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but but I mean, I, I would have thought if I was accidentally shot, I'd be more mad. He didn't seem as mad as he could be. I'd be pissed.
0: <laughs> no, I definitely it it. It, it was weak uh maybe it does feel out of place but i just i still thought it was funny because you're right he wasn't mad um it honestly reminded me of the the scene in zombie land where Michael not michael Sarah, who's in zombie land jesse eisenberg uh, shoots, eisenberg
2: and bill murray yeah Stevie well Harold. jesse
0: eisenberg shoots uh bill murray and the only thing Bill Murray says is, uh, "Is that how you say hello? Where do you come from?" <laughs> it reminded me of that scene a lot. I thought it was stupid funny.
2: <laughs> and the thing is, in these kind of you know, when the movies are so bleak and so dark, they, they, the, the the director throws that in there. Yeah, you know, just you know, for for those that are watching to you know get a smile out of some more intense scenes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then after that, you know, the guy's panicking. He takes the girl and blah, 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 blah. And he, he ties her up, expects the guy, you know, the the, the guy from the couple to go all Rambo's 80s, 90s action star and charge in saving the day. And then he's going to get the upper hand. Um, how did you guys feel about that character, the 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 guy from the couple? I'm going to call him Ian. Um about Ian's decision to just take off and look for the authorities. What did you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, you've got that. I had that moral dilemma of, do you leave because you can, or do you stick around to kind of be protective of the wife and the, you know, it's, that was a tough one. Ashley, what do you think? I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know if I would have just left <laughs> you. Um, I don't,
1: I don't have any feelings on it. I just, I think by that point, I was just like beaten down and just like defeated as a person.
0: Listeners, this is the first movie. It gets worse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have thought if somebody comes in, if I'm the police with a report like that, you're bringing out more than one lowly deputy or something. I would have thought you'd oh, bring wow. out. Bring all the boys out and, you know, all the ladies out who are well-trained and get them out there, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, get as many blue uniforms out there as you
2: possibly yeah. can. I mean, I mean, there might only be six of them on the force, but get all six of them, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I,
0: I will say, I had feelings, I had mixed feelings about the whole like Ian deciding to take off and look for the authorities. Um, I... <sighs> It's 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 weird because if I if the roles were reversed if I was in that situation the roles were reversed if I was the one being trapped and held hostage and used as bait for like my wife Morgan to do something I would want her to get the hell out of there like like forget about me I'm already dead like I'm either gonna make it out of here or I'm not but you're most likely not gonna have anything to do with that right
1: Yeah, like I didn't fault. Like, I think people may have seen that and been like, well, he's just, like, leaving his fucking family, like, to die, basically. But at that point, I don't like, they're pretty much just going to die anyway.
2: He, he's yeah. going on instinct and like, adrenaline. he should what he's just, going on. like,
1: self-preserve at that point
0: but but you also have to think he's a doctor he is used to making a calculated rational decision and i can't blame him that his calculated rational decision was to get the fuck out of there and go get the cops like i can't blame him
1: no No, i don't think anyone should fault for that like to me that's the logical thing to do like i think i would be kind of mad if i was married and like my husband was just like I'm gonna leave now and like you can just be tortured but at that time I probably wouldn't be like thinking rationally I would just be like how the hell are you just gonna leave me here like this but
0: yeah but I mean there's no right answer I think well you know what the right answer is the the answer that saves the most lives I'd say
2: yeah. And, and I mean, at that point his thinking could be, what good am I if I'm dead? So yeah. go, go to the police. Well, you know, that, you know, maybe better chances than trying to survive out here and do whatever. Cause it's obvious he's not uh, a country guy who's, you know, who's used to going hunting and stuff. So his best option may have been to go to the police.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Um, So like, like, I think the last thing we're probably we should probably talk about is is Ollie. This, uh I, I honestly, he couldn't have been older than two and a half years old. I'd say this this act. No, movie.
2: yeah. And I was going to say about two.
0: Yeah. And so when I saw this movie, my son was around that age, and that's why after the movie was over, I went into his room and I held him and I told him I'd never let anyone hurt you again. The fear of impotency. Now. Um, what happens to Ollie is when his family gets completely murdered and raped and brutalized, they he's nowhere to be found. Like the bad people don't find him. Um. So our our the second couple is the one that finds him. They try to get him out of there. That doesn't work out so well because uh, Costco Jesse Pinkman, th- like like, touchdown punts him on the ground. You know, and. Uh, instantly the kid just stops crying and we all think he's dead until we realize that he's not and samantha the 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 lady of the couple the one who is being held hostage for bait um she sees that oh holy crap uh you know the the, the, the ollie's not dead he moved and she must think very highly of Ian because he's like, oh, Ian Ian saved Ollie. It turns out that that didn't happen. No one knows where the hell Ollie is, except for the viewers at the end of the movie. And personally, I think that dog is going to eat Ollie.
1: <clears throat> That's the feeling I had about it. Like, I don't think he's getting out of there unscathed or anything.
0: No, I don't think he's getting out of there at all. I think that dog's going to
2: eat that baby.
1: The I dog didn't over another wild animal That's I didn't movie. think
2: so the movie was too mainstream for that i didn't i didn't think and no no <laughs> i just didn't get that it's, it's to see. this is this is this ain't back country <laughs> fair <laughs> have you seen back country bro the one with the bear right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know i i don't know about you guys but i always find throwing the kid in peril almost cheese a cheese factor because the mm-hmm. kid never dies they, like they if never do.
1: do it at least kill the kid
2: once in a while enough to keep mm-hmm. you honest because you know the moment there's a kid standing in front of a car or a kid in front of a gun mm-hmm. they're never gonna kill the kid yeah until you watch a Serbian film. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean, what
0: according to uh, Dr. Walking Dead's, is this a dead serious horror movie? This is not because the dog mm. doesn't die and the baby doesn't die. So take that for what it is, for, for, for yep. what you will.
2: Yeah. They, for For all the extremeness, it doesn't go outside the box so much and that's
0: why this is the tamest of the movies we are we're, we're going to talk about today um but i'm i'm
2: just about ready to rate this baby are you guys do you guys have anything else to say no I, I will say of of the notes that i took for all three films this one had the shortest yeah 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 three quarters of a page that's all this took
0: <laughs> ashley did you have anything else to add to the movie
1: i have nothing else to contribute <laughs>
0: Listeners, we are really going to beat Ashley's soul to the ground. Um, and, it's only uh, getting better. It's only getting oh, better.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I just don't feel well, and I'm really sorry, everyone.
0: I, I get it. I get it. We still love you,
1: Ashley. <laughs> I can't keep the... Caroline has to make her, like, appearance on the episode somehow.
0: That's fine. I'm used to it. No big deal. Uh, Yeah, we all have kids. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to give this movie a 10 out of 10 toddlers with spinal injuries. (laughs) And I'm going to say bye.
1: You gave us a 10 out of 10.
0: 10 out of 10 toddlers with spinal injuries and bye.
2: I will give this 7 out of 10 car drives through the forest. Here I'll give it a seven i don't I don't think this movie had the balls. it didn't have enough. I wasn't willing to go a little bit further I would you it- would you say buy Bill? I don't know if I'd buy it. I would surely rent it. Okay I would give this a high rental priority
0: okay, and don't call me Shirley.
2: Oh, sorry, Betty <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ashley what do you got
1: um, I, I On Litterboxed I gave it an 8 Well a 4 star So I gave this an 8 out of 10 And I'm Not going to buy it probably But I think it's good enough to buy I'm going to say buy it
0: eight, eight, 8 out of 10 what
1: Oh, eight out of 10 Accidentally shooting your partner in crime nice well like that was a true slapstick horror moment
0: it really was that that's the kind of stuff you'd see in like uh, well like like zombie land or Tucker and Mm -hmm. Dale versus evil you know something like that it's
1: like wow
0: (laughs) and rental you said right
1: no I would say buy it I actually oh, think i okay. will probably
2: buy it. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, are are you gonna lead us into gutter balls, Rel?
0: No, Ashley's gonna lead us into gutter balls since this was right. technically, oh, oh, technically, right. her choice. Okay. he gave
1: me two choices, and I just was like gutter balls, and then I'm a freaking idiot. So it,
0: we were probably gonna watch it anyway this month. <laughs>
1: well, it would have been a
2: choice later.
1: Feel comforted. A brutally sadistic rape leads to a series of bizarre, gory murders during a midnight disco brawlerama at a popular bowling alley.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's better than the uh, IMDb synopsis. Oh, and a bowling night will turn into a bloody death match for a team of teenagers as a deranged serial killer is taking them down one by one. <laughs>
1: that more like a a porn parody of a horror movie than an actual horror movie.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, you got a lot of sex I and I don't, I don't mean the rape because that's not sex. That was gross. Uh, I'm talking about the 69 in the bathroom or.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of boobies in this one.
1: Mm-hmm. And like. I felt gratuitously. So in a way that was not enjoyable. Like everyone likes a little nudity peppered in, you know, this was nothing but bending over and (laughs) like one of the first things is the girl with the short skirt bends over. She has no underwear on and you can see her entire fucking vagina from the back.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, okay.
2: It was over the top. I think to be over the top. Definitely. And then it
1: was like nothing but slurs the whole time.
2: No. No. This was was not a politically correct. It's like if you go back and watch movies like The Gate. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Or films where at the time the slurs were acceptable and now they're not. Mm -hmm. This was kind of had that feel. Although this one's 2008. Mm -hmm. So they would have known better. So I think they probably wanted that feel of an 80s film. Oh, you can definitely tell. I mean, this
0: movie looks like it's on VHS.
2: Yeah. Like, like they they they, did, they didn't it. give an actual timeline, but this very well could have been said in 1988.
1: Perhaps. I I don't have notes of then. I just this movie. Mu- it made me want to vomit. Everything about it made me want to vomit. Literally, my stomach was hurting.
0: Oh, so this is the movie that made you want to vomit.
1: It makes me want to puke thinking about it did, did right you now. finish so, this movie oh it yeah i wouldn't say that i was able to watch a lot of it because i was mostly like mm-hmm. when you said that i would not like it because of the language and things like that you were not wrong no at all like this was worse than any rob zombie thing i could have ever imagined
0: like, actually, I've known you for a number of years, and we've been podcasting for over a year now. And, like, yeah, I knew that you were going to absolutely hate, hate this movie.
1: Like, the language plus what was presented on screen at the same time, it was just so viscerally disgusting to me.
2: No, I, I have to say, like, as, as somebody who doesn't mind nudity or blood or violence or whatever... This one had a meanness to it. Uh, This was almost an homage to Last House on the Left.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It's very much of that, you know, 40 years later, you know, to the point where there's a rape, there's sexual violence, there's blood for blood's sake, there's a revenge aspect to it. Mm -hmm. This is pretty much a modern interpretation Of last house on the left, yeah, done
0: significantly worse. Like it's not like camera angles aren't good, lighting isn't good. No, it's. I mean, it's obviously. It's
2: obviously. I mean, last house on the the left uh, was was it Wes Craven's first film? Yes. It, It was. It was done on the cheap, but this one was also done on the cheap. And I don't think he meant to make a cheap film. He just didn't have the budget. So he used, obviously, what he could. And it was shot at night, obviously, because that's when he could get it to be done, right? hmm But, like, the director hadn't done anything, Ryan Nicholson, that I'd heard of other than... I didn't even realize there was a sequel to this. There's a Gutterballs 2. What? Yep. I haven't seen it. That's just a
1: crime against humanity. I
2: I, I was just aware of it because I was just backing him up. But he did the makeup on such films as Blade Trinity, Dreamcatcher, the remake of Blood Feast, The Chronicles of Riddick, and Deadpool 2. So Mm. he's in the industry, and he's a makeup guy, and he probably had a few shekels saved up to try to make his own film, and that's probably what he did for this one. And he also wrote the film. So it's a passion project of his. Yeah. So he, you know, he scraped together enough money with his friends in the agency or in the industry. And they created this film based on his vision, obviously.
1: Sometimes I wonder if it's like, I'm a really rapey guy. I should probably just write a movie about it instead of actually raping someone. Cause that's what this movie feels like to me. Like whoever wrote this, makes me feel sick like yeah i don't know just I it,
2: it, it, it is mean-spirited and it is not a f- warm and fuzzy film there's no doubt about that yeah, no, but definitely. it is an homage of sorts mm-hmm. to 80s horror it
0: definitely feels like a love letter to '80s horror, '80s slasher, '80s uh, sexploitation movies, where everything, it, everything is gratuitous. I mean, it just takes that up and cranks it to eleven. It goes full spinal tap with this homage. It
2: does. It does. And I mean, the I look. I actually went over like the first ten or twelve actor or actresses on there. They're pretty much all unknowns. Uh, there's one actor, Nathan Witt who had been in Charmed, episodes of Charmed and Supernatural and Smallville, uh, Superman and Lois. But mm. pretty much all of them are no name actors, actresses, who obviously knew the director and that's how they kind of got this together. But the one thing that appealed to me, I knew right away and I, I texted Raoul right away. I said, this is Canadian. There was no doubt this is Oh
3: Canadian. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was shot in Surrey, British Columbia. And the one thing I love about it, Ashley and Raul won't appreciate it, is I love the soundtrack. Absolutely. It was pure Canadiana. I wrote down every song pretty much that came out. It opens with Honeymoon Suite. You get Bachman Turner Overdrive. I think you get the entire Loverboy sequence yeah. of songs. You got uh, Trooper. You've got April Wine. Like you got Chilliwack. Like I, I was just bouncing, and did you notice how there's almost in the background always music? How many times in that film did you not have background music going on in this film? Like I all that's where the time. Feel
1: more like a porn.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, uh, y- y- there's a porn to working for the weekend
1: going <laughs> on in the background, <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or,
2: or you know, taking care of business. Yeah. Playing in the background. So as far as the music goes, I friggin loved it. Anybody who loves their Canadian rock, this is 1980s all the way. I really love, like the synth, the bam, uh,
0: what was it? The 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 it was the introduction song, and it played a lot throughout the movie. Oh, 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 the, oh,
2: the, oh, oh, the there was a, uh oh, there's a, a, it opened with honeymoon suites, new girl now. It, it got off to working for the weekend. You got Let It Ride by BTO. You got This Kid Is Hot Tonight by Loverboy. You got Turn Me Loose by... like Anybody who listens to FM Canadian Classic Rock will love this. Thing.
1: <laughs> my stepdad used to listen to Loverboy a lot.
2: Got a piece <laughs> of my
1: house.
2: You get... Now, if you want to get me singing, I'll be singing on this. But But, it, but it's obviously very politically incorrect. Very sexual, very vulgar, uh, anti-gay comments, racist comments, misogynistic comments. And in 2008, they knew better. So they were putting it that way on purpose.
0: Absolutely. And I just found out that Gutter's Balls 2 is called Gutter Balls 2, Balls Deep. Oh,
2: wow, gosh. I don't know if they're going to do another uh, rape scene to it, but... Mm. But with that title, there's some sort of sexual connection to the film. Mm -hmm. You would think.
1: I was like, of course, they're putting a bowling pin in someone's vagina right now.
0: That's not the only time a bowling pin. A bowling pin got inserted into someone three times in this movie.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think I tweeted that out.
2: Every orifice was covered with a bowling ball or a bowling pin.
1: Fuck someone with a bowling pin.
2: but the but, uh, but but to get the storyline going for those listening it's a bit of bowling alley where there appears to be a league of i don't know 18 to 25 year olds that play late at night that the owner somehow opens up the back door so they can do their league and so these rival teams come to play and they're all these really odd looking people from the uh they have a transgendered person they have the punks they have the girls wear the short skirts they got the jocks they got all these different groups of people that have bowling teams and as the league is going at a certain point the cool guys or whatever the local ruffians get a girl up to the top room and have their way with her in a very violent very graphic manner yeah and i don't i'm not one for sexual violence on anybody man woman whatever it's not my thing and i don't know about you guys but i thought that it's one thing to have a scene like that it's another thing to have a scene like that for 15 minutes
0: yes it's
1: that's what i was thinking i was like they need to get this shit over with
2: like uh like irreversible
0: has a very similar scene where in that movie it's a it's a little different because the camera is very chaotic throughout the movie, and that's the, like during the rape scene is the only time that the camera is grounded, literally grounded. They put it on the ground, so you have to, there's no shaking, Mm -hmm. no nothing, that, it's just, boom, you're watching rape.
2: It reminded me of that scene, uh, what was the movie with Jodie Foster? Accused. The accused, where she was raped on top of a pinball machine. And she won Mm -hmm. the Academy Award for that film. And It was very much like this, but this is obviously taken to the next level. Mm -hmm. Because, like in in a a mainstream movie that wins an Oscar, you might see her get raped, but you're not going to see the actual insertion, which you basically do for this. Mm
3: -hmm. And and it's
2: brutal. And it's not just human penis; it's other things that you know.
1: So many things, (laughs) and it's
2: so many things. And and you know that is what it is. I don't condone it. Graphic, awful. But there's a lot of beating of the woman. There's a lot of slapping her around, throwing her on the ground, throwing her on the pool table, you mm-hmm. know, just lining her up literally like a sex toy just to get your jollies off. Yep. You don't see that much. And you like, once upon a time in the '70s, that was a little more prevalent. But I thought we'd pretty much gotten rid of that in film. But as of 2008, they had this. I was surprised.
1: This is really weird for a 2008 film. That's why it feels almost like, like, I don't know the director and writer. I don't know them, but it just feels like there's something off with them if they wrote this (laughs) and was like, okay, let's put this on screen.
2: I mean, the only thing I can think of is they're purposefully going over the top, you know, like to go, go as ball to the wall as you can. And, and that's basically what this was.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of how I took the movie. It feels like nothing is supposed to be taken seriously. It it feels like uh, like they knew what they were doing, like they they knew people are going to get offended. They knew that this was going to rub people the wrong way and they went whole ham whole hog, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 stared the problem down and they're like, well, it's there.
2: Yeah, either you like it or you're not going to. But we're not apologizing for it.
0: Yeah. This is not a movie that's supposed to be taken seriously. And don't get me wrong. It's campy, it's goofy, but it's also very mean.
1: I love campy and goofy. I don't love this. I didn't think it worked well.
2: There There were a couple lines that I wrote down that made me smirk. Because they were just so bad that I had to write them down. So in the bathroom, there's a scene where two characters are going at it, basically 69ing on the floor of a bathroom, which is uh, gross. Yeah. But, but the one guy goes, you smell like roses. Your petals are so sweet. And I, I, just, started laugh, I just started laughing. Because it was just so bad. <laughs> like, <ugh. laughs> yeah, exactly. Or with it's another like- line was, just because some of us don't drink a keg a day doesn't mean some of us don't know a thing or two about a thing or two. Mm-hmm.
1: It's I'm, just really
2: who <laughs> drinks a keg or two a day. I don't care how you know. Whatever. And and the other thing I note I noted was it only cost a loony for a condom. That's pretty cheap.
0: <laughs> are you, guys some, you
2: guys don't know what loonies are, do you?
0: No, of course I don't oh, know. Oh, what okay.
2: Is. So in Canada, there's no dollar bills or no two dollar bills. You have a dollar coin, which on ours has a loon on the back of it. So that's a loony. And you have a two-dollar coin, which we call a toonie. So back then it only cost a loony to get an instant condom out of the bathroom. Hmm.
0: That's interesting. What Let, what?
2: Yeah, we have a, well, we we don't have any any pennies. We've eliminated the penny. Hmm. So we got everything gets rounded to the closest nickel. And then you get your diamond, your cord, and your toonie. Because like, the, the, they, they were figuring that the, the pennies was just, it was costing more to make them than, than the practical use of them. Yes. So. That's yep. happening That's,
1: here too, but people are so like deeply, <clears throat> I don't know. Like,
0: adverse to change?
1: They the penny, they would be like, the Antichrist is coming to take your cash money, and you'll have to get a mark, and you won't be able to use it. And buy things like if we took the penny
2: away. This might be the only movie where simultaneously there's a death by cock and pussy at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love, I love the guy's like you suck a mean
2: dick. Oh my god! Oh, not that deep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was and a then, nice book. It was a nice bowling ball head smash in the bathroom <laughs> oh yeah Who does that
1: in a fucking gross public bathroom not me
0: can can we talk about the amount of penis in this movie
1: lots
0: oh of lots penis. of penis lots of dick and one got split in half with a razor uh-huh. like a microwaved
2: hot dog it was just
1: I <laughs> want to fucking puke.
2: Well, there there was a a penis split.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, that's what, yeah. (laughs) Mm -mm. But again, this is where my enjoyment, quote unquote, of the genre is because, you know, the practical effect wasn't bad for a film of that budget. I
0: I don't think any of the practical effects in this movie were
2: bad. I think. No, I thought they were actually pretty well done. That's what I admire about the film. The practical effect aspect of it. Yeah.
0: And I feel like they definitely knew what they were doing. Like if they didn't have the ability to make the effect, they used a cutaway. Like when the girl was kind of getting strangled by the tied up shoelaces in the closet. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But when they needed a, a sweet cutaway or not a sweet cutaway, when they needed a sweet effect, they went balls out for it. Like the guy when, uh, the, the 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 who had his head jammed into the ball waxer.
2: I was just gonna say that I, I wrote down uh, the ball wax scene was amazing. I thought it was really yes. good, really well done. Oh, and then when he, when he pulls the head back out and it's just this this cave, this crater of gore. And I mean that final ten minutes, the amount of blood that was awesome. That last ten minutes was awesome. Stupendous. I really like it. Stupendous, fantastic. Any anyone who's a gore hound or likes people getting their just desserts, you're gonna love the last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but there was a bit of humor of it because the killer, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, walks around with a uh, a bowling bag over her over their head. Well, it, on the bag it said pina colada. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I could have laughing every time. I kept thinking of that Rupert Holmes song. If you like pina, pina coladas, I'm <laughs> getting caught
0: in, the, in rain. the rain. If you like yeah. making love at midnight <laughs> and the taste of champagne. <laughs> Woo, doo, doo.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. <laughs> Except I knew I, I knew I wasn't getting that song because it's not Canadian. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, mean-spirited movie. The characters are all throwaway actors. You don't care really, about any of them, even the uh, even the victim, you don't really have a lot of sympathy for her uh but practical effect wise great uh acting wise eh. although I did like the guy who was the person behind the counter, I'll just leave it at that i like the i like the way he acted yeah the uh the owner. It, or whatever.
0: They call him the janitor, but he's like the bartender, the electrician, the owner. The- <laughs> he's the,
2: yeah. He's the mechanic. He's the, you know everything in the in there. Yeah, I I don't know. He,
0: he I I did I did like him. Um, there was a line where the one dude with the broken foot. They're like, oh, he'd bowl his own severed head if he had to. And the first time I watched that movie, I thought that was like hard foreshadowing, and then it turns out it wasn't. I was a little disappointed.
2: Oh, yeah, well, I mean, didn't there, at one point, there was a head that rolled up through the ball retrieval thing, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, there was that head, but, you know, it's the ball retrieval. In a movie named Gutter Balls, that's this sleazy, this grimy, this gross. You want to see a head rolling down the line and probably getting a strike. (laughs)
2: The the other
1: thing... made so much sense, right? And it would have
2: been funny. The other thing I noted was there is also a a vibe of Giallo to this film. It
1: did have that? Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yeah. You know, like who who was this unknown killer? Who BBK. is who is BBK? Um, you know, there's multiple red herrings. Uh, the killer mm-hmm. has a glove. You see that view from behind. They're wearing leather. Like. You know, they obviously have watched Argento, Bava, Sergio Martino films mm-hmm. before, to, mm-hmm. you know, to put this out as well. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I... I really what was that?
1: I said I really caught that vibe too.
0: Yeah. That was... <laughs> actually <laughs> you're getting attacked by your cat right there. That's like <laughs> the ninth time I've seen your
2: cat jump onto your chair.
1: She wants my chicken I have over here. <laughs> there, was,
2: there was also the one character that was like the Sebastian Bach, Axl Rose guy. He made me laugh. <laughs> the, the one bowler, there's kind of like a rye. He was wearing like a do-rag on his head. And- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have any bit of enjoyment here, but I hated it so much. Yeah,
0: I figured... I figured you would really hate this movie. Um, But let's run into, let's go into final thoughts here on uh, gutter balls. Um, I, you know, it's a, it's a gross movie. I love the fact that if it was a movie that's supposed to be taken seriously, it would be vile and gross and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But I don't think it is meant to be taken seriously. I think it's, they know exactly what kind of movie this is. They know that it's, supposed to be exactly what it is and for that reason i still say check it out you know it's it's not a serious movie it's a campy piece of garbage with bad acting uh but like every everything that's not a special effect in this movie is so south of subpar it's not even funny but everything that is a special effect in this movie i love it i freaking love this this movie and yeah it's gross it's irrelevant it's disrespectful it's offensive up the literal ass but i love it i i can't explain it you know So what would you give it out of 10 i'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10 8.5 what oh 8.5 out of 10 split dogs split dongs under fishnet leggings and i'm gonna give it a buy
1: oh my god
2: yeah i gave this a seven and a half Bowling pins up the arse. Uh, um, that you know, like it's—it's it's not a movie for the squeamish. It's not a movie for anybody that's very sensitive. But it—the practical effects are great. They really are. Uh, I—I'm all plus on the uh, soundtrack to this film. It does have a mean spiritedness to it, and if you're. Not in favor of watching sexual violence, you're gonna have a tough time with this mm-hmm. But if you're someone who's a fan of the grindhouse film, if you're somebody who's a fan, there are a lot of fans of the rape revenge type film I am uh this will be up your alley, knowing that it is tongue in cheek homage to an early eighties film, yeah absolutely and i
0: wouldn't say it, like if you're there's there's a word to say if you're
2: i can't even remember uh would you say buy i would say buy if the deal is worth it it you know like don't pay 34.95 or something for this but if you can get it for like 12 13 bucks on dvd sure
0: i want to say i paid like 18 when i bought it
2: okay that's oh not bad
0: my then. god yeah. Well, actually, how much did you, oh, well, you said you didn't buy, like you didn't pay for a Serbian film, but how much was it? Like, what was the ticket price? Uh,
1: I think $24.
2: Yeah, that sounds about what I paid, too. That's not bad, actually, probably because you probably had to get it from Europe. Uh, there might not have been an American distributor. I bought it from Best Buy. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. It's yep. <laughs> so surprising, but okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, Ashley, what would you rate Gutterballs?
1: I rated this movie a one out of ten. Uh, people sixty nining on a dirty bathroom floor, <laughs> and I say avoid it. Don't, don't force your eyes or ears.
2: <laughs> Haven't you ever had sex in the back in the uh, stock room with boxes up to your head? <laughs> Can't say I have. No, no. <laughs> Raoul refuses to answer.
1: I mean...
2: Maybe when you're I 17. have absolutely
1: nothing nice to say about this movie.
0: Maybe I'll reveal that answer to that question on like a Patreon thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patreon, where we just reveal disturbing uncomfortable truth about ourselves
2: <laughs> no no what will be on patreon was the conversation before the episode
0: <laughs> the show before the show the show before the show
2: <laughs> yeah
1: avoid i'm not buying it and okay. i feel disgusted having watched it i literally felt sick to my stomach to I the never- point that I thought I was honestly going to throw
2: up. Have a, did you have to have a nice hot shower afterwards?
1: <laughs> yeah. For real. Wash off all this sickness.
0: I need I need that quote on the Blu-ray box. I felt sick to my stomach to the point I was going to throw up. <laughs> Ashley yep. Pinkert. Yeah, four,
2: four and a half thumbs up, Fangoria. <laughs> 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 uh, Ashley, honestly, one...
0: Out of 10 is yeah. half a point higher than I thought you were going to give it.
1: I gave it a half star on Letterboxd. So I guess that translates to a one out of 10.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, Ashley, you're you're not feeling too well. Do you, you need to bow out right there?
1: Yes, I need to bow out. Although, I'm just going to say something really quick about the next movie is I couldn't get through it. And... <laughs> It was very disturbing to me, but I, I think I rated it, like, a 5 out of 10. And stream it, like, if you're going to watch it.
0: It's on Tubi. Five. It is on it's Tubi. On Tubi. Uh, 5 out of 10 what?
1: Uh, what are those things called? Hedge Clippers? <clears throat> 5 out of 10... Uh. Shit, what was she doing there? She was, like, cutting his dick off, castrating someone with the hedge clippers.
0: Oh. What was that tool?
1: Yeah, what is... I don't know. What
0: What about just uh, 5 out of 10 castrated men?
1: Yep, that works.
2: Oh, I just called them scissors.
1: I know they have a name. I just don't know what it is. Shears? Shears? Maybe... Cause it's like the guy on the burning, right? He uses them.
2: Yeah, hedge clippers.
1: Yeah. And, and she just cuts his dick right off. Sure does.
2: Um, <laughs> you're gonna miss that discussion? Oh, come on.
1: Yeah, I can't. I'm feeling very bad.
2: It's okay. okay. Yeah, I, Ashley.
0: Ashley doesn't feel too good, so we're gonna say bye to Ashley real quick. Um, Ashley, thank you so much. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Please feel better. And also, I think yeah, the the list the the viewing experience would be better if you didn't have to just watch them all the night before.
1: I'll <laughs> oh get. We've got so many podcasts coming up. Like we're recording two episodes of Monsters in the Mosh Fit, One upcoming. Yep. Ours. Another one for Ash, who's going to also be on ours.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like I'm forgetting something, but. That's we just have a lot going on.
2: Right say hi to Greg and Dave and the boys at Monsters. Great guys. I'm not gonna say hi to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> did he say something insulting? Yes.
0: Yes, he did. He said something <laughs> lunacy. He he, he he had the audacity to talk some smack on Slipknot's Iowa album. So when I meet him face to face one day, I'm gonna punch him right in his six foot, four, tall ass. <laughs> I'm going to have to swing up. The only way I can hit him is with an uppercut, but Ashley, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much. We Thank love you very you. much, have Ashley. You.
2: Hopefully next time you're feeling better. Yeah. And
1: it's, I hope so too. I think it's, I think it's just, like I said, the medicine thing and hopefully I'll be back at it next time, guys. Sorry.
2: No problem. Alrighty. Well, oh, sorry for that little switch up in the podcast no you're
0: fine it, it happens uh we wish ashley the best of luck as you know she hopefully goes to lay down and try and feel a little better but um uh, we're gonna go into our last and final movie for the evening german angst now bill this is a movie you picked this was a first time watch for me why did you pick this movie in particular
2: because usually when Anybody's listened to me in the last while in Land of the Creeps or Phantom Galaxy or whatever, I, I try to find ones I haven't seen. because I always want to expand my repertoire. But I kind of knew I was going to try to go one of a couple different ways. And one of, the, one of my kind of comforts for extreme cinema is German cinema or horror cinema. And so with German, I, I've already said how much I like Olaf Ittenbach. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of just did a search in Prime and Tubi and YouTube and what movies were available. And on on Tubi, they had a film called German Angst. And it falls under extreme, but there's only actually small moments of it that follow in extreme. But when they do, they hit. Oh, yeah. And so this one is from 2015. I thought it would be interesting based on who the directors are. 2015, an hour fifty-two. So it's a little on the longer side. Mm-hmm. Uh, drama slash fantasy slash horror. And the IMDB description is three German tales of love, sex, and death in Berlin from Germany's most shocking directors. Well, that doesn't tell you anything.
0: No, it, it tells you what the movie like then what the movie is, but it doesn't tell you like what it
2: is. It doesn't tell you what it is. So essentially what this film is, it's an anthology. Mm -hmm. it's an anthology of three films now the difference between this and say some of those 70s or 80s anthology films that you're probably used to seeing is this one doesn't really have a wraparound story no you know there's no vincent price or peter cushing or the crypt keeper in between kind of filling in the blanks with a, a story to get you to the next one this one literally hops from one right to the next It's almost
0: like ABC's of Death in that way, except even that one had like the little blood pool of the letter. But
2: yeah, this one, this one, this one basically just showed, I think, landscapes of German architecture, mm
3: -hmm.
2: which which actually weren't bad. I I quite liked seeing the different buildings and such, but like there's no linking character or storyline. It's not like Creep Show where the newspaper kind of keeps you. It's none of that. Yeah, in this one. So uh, when I chose this movie, uh, Raul, what was uh, your initial thought upon going to watch this? My
0: initial thought was uh, Bill knows his shit. He knows his extreme horror. And I didn't look up anything about this movie. I, w- I looked up, um, you told me it was an anthology so i looked up the premise on imdb and when i said you know the three tales by three directors and i'm like okay this has to be it so i watched it sight unseen completely blind going in and i enjoyed the experience it was great
2: yeah i went in exactly i went in just like you knew nothing about it other than i i actually only heard of one of the three directors Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so i went in cold i mean I, i i was thinking to myself this could be absolute crap and i'll look silly on the show Or this could be fun, or at least I just want it to be an interesting talking point, really.
0: Wait, so this was a blind watch for you? This was a
2: blind watch for me too. I hadn't seen it. I walked right into it like, okay, let's it's it's go time. Let's see what we got. And so it's directed by three German directors. The one I did know was George Bucharet, who directed Necromantique One and Two and the movie Shram. Uh, about the serial killer. So he's probably the most notable of the three. There was also Mikhail Kosakowski and Andreas Marshall, who had one of the short stories in that movie. You probably saw Raul uh, Death Sember. Did you see that last year? Uh, no. Okay, Death Sember was one of those uh, Christmas ones, and it had oh quite a few. It was an anthology. And some of them are only like five or six minutes. Some of them are like eight minutes. Some are like 10 minutes. But they had a whole bunch of short stories all around uh, December and killing. Mm -hmm. So he had one in there. And because you know you're heavy metal, he did music videos for the band Creator. I don't know that band. I, I, I don't know them too very much either, other than I know the name. But it's Andreas Marshall. So uh the uh movie is in obviously subtitles. so if you're averse to subtitles, I mean I you probably could find the dubbed, but I always prefer the subs. I don't know, but yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, there are I prefer
0: the the subs too. and listeners, just so you know, the entire thing is not um there, there are parts of it that are in English. Uh, and some of the 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 last one, there's a lot of it that's in English. But yes, you do have to read a majority of this movie. Um, I I prefer the subs because that's the way the actors acted it. That's how they uh, emoted it, and you, you you just get the rawest experience that way. Even if you don't understand the words, you understand the inflection and the meaning behind uh, their emotions.
2: So it, it's, it's
0: it's the best way to view it.
2: You get the inflection, you get the emotion, you get the the, the body language as it's intended. Mm-hmm. Because I've watched, and you have, you and I both have watched so many movies, you can watch and read at the same time. You just kind of go with the flow. Every yeah. once in a while, something goes too fast, but you can catch up pretty easy. So regardless of genre, whether it be a, a sci-fi film, whether it be a martial arts film or whatever, I always go for the... Uh, subtitles, but I get it. Sometimes, although there is sometimes, if I'm watching it like midnight, maybe I'll go for the uh, dub just because I don't want to have to read too much. But at, at, at the risk of sounding
0: like a like a complete nerd, um, you, you, are you uh anime, the Japanese cartoon fan?
2: See, I'm only discovering it now through Phantom Galaxy because I've had to. <laughs> yeah. i watched i watched that movie last year spine of night did you see that one no i haven't seen it with uh 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 uh, what's her name lawless who played xena lucy lawless lucy lawless she uh does a voice in one of them but no i don't think i've ever read a whole comic book in my life so um
0: the, the the anime stuff there's purists that are like oh you have to watch it in in the original japanese and read the subtitles and i'm like no you can fuck off with that noise because there's a difference between like uh a- animated dub and live action dub because live action dub you know there's physical acting that goes into it there's a lot of that noise you see the actor reading the lines and emoting physically with their body with along with what they're saying and with their words. With an uh, Ill- uh, animated dub, you don't see that. It's literally just the voice and the cartoon. So I think personally that uh, an illustrated dub is just as good as the original um,
2: language. So that's see, the I can, only I, time... I, I, I can see that because it's animated. It, you know, you don't see their chest rise and fall. You don't see the, uh, mm-hmm. their face. in. You know, you don't see... So I get it why it can easily be dubbed in animated because it's that form lends itself to that. Yeah. You know, exactly. like you don't hear you don't hear the smurfs in Spanish, you hear the smurfs in English, you know, like Yeah. You, you know, that form Well was, I
0: I heard the Smurfs in Spanish, but that's well maybe you
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but you wouldn't hear them in Russian. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. <laughs> So German angst has three stories kind of just linked under the common theme of life, death, and sex. That's essentially what the theme of the three of them are. Mm -hmm. So for the first one, it's called final girl. And basically here's how I summed it up in a dank, dirty apartment. A young woman lives with her Guinea pig who happens to have an amputated leg. So you you spend a lot of time looking at her and she's petting her guinea pig and she's laying on her couch and you're like, well, where's this going? So she's sitting there getting ready for breakfast. She's having her cereal. And on the radio in German, they're they're talking about uh, local murders going on in the neighborhood, you know, the the Mm -hmm. news. But they seem to really be highlighting the crime. Uh, Did you get anything out of that, Raul? I was wondering if maybe what she
0: was doing was an act of revenge
2: yeah they don't really get into the backstory do they
0: no they don't they leave it so open-ended and open for interpretation like maybe this guy has something to do with the news report but didn't wasn't that guy arrested i don't know
2: It, it didn't exactly link it i personally i took it as that's just kind of her backdrop her interest it set the mood the neighborhoods, oh, you know, maybe, in en, en, enraged in this local killing, and that's just kind of the heightened atmosphere. But maybe, maybe there was a connection. I mean, there are things about it being in its natural language that you miss. That uh, would be like if it was in English and somebody was coming from another country that didn't realize it was in English. You know, you might miss something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. But I thought the mood that set was dark, with what was going on. So. If we can, this is more than this is, we can spoil this. So a man is tied up. So she's eating her breakfast. She's chewing on her cornflakes or whatever the heck she was eating. And all of a sudden you cuts to a bedroom and there's a man tied up on a bed who's essentially becomes castrated with scissors. Let's just, yes, let's just put it that way. And that's And it's kind of started slow. So I didn't know where this was going. And then boom okay but but the girl that does it in the apartment does it so matter-of-factly you know like she's interplaying in her head how do you castrate a human is it better to have them be youth not euthanized to be put under is it better to have them be awake so that it dries properly like it's it's a really interesting cast- castration scene but you kind of every guy moves their legs over it's just instinctual you're gonna (laughs) you're just gonna do it
0: so i i watched this on a stationary bike like i said and like i don't know if you've been on a stationary bike for over a couple miles but unless you're used to it and i was i was kind of hitting my point at the end of it but i you know your your taint starts hurting no matter what after a while (laughs) and when i saw that scene i was like Ooh, like, I was already kind of in an uncomfortable position. And, well, let's just say it didn't help. And then I had to go, like, 13 more miles.
2: Oh. Well, let's just say that this castration was done methodically, medically. She didn't lose her head about it. She's just matter of fact. Boom. I don't know about you, but I got the sense of this being almost an art house, experimental film type experience oh
0: 1000 this is not a grindhouse an exploitation movie this is i i feel like an idiot because i don't know the meanings behind what i saw but i definitely know
2: that they're there yeah and so again maybe if you're more familiar with the german culture there's a couple of things you'd pick up on but you know the, the images being shown and the messages being told you can understand regardless of where your background's from Let's just say that this girl has daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain scene with an electric knife. I'll I'll just leave it at that. Oh, we can spoil it. She decapitates
0: Homeboy and it is a like beautiful crimson fountain of blood. I love that scene. As soon as I well, I mean, as soon as she pulls out his underwear and castrates him, I was like, yes. Yes, let me see
2: them now. Well, but there's obviously, well, like they didn't get into what led up to that point. No, so you don't know. Maybe, maybe it was incestuous. Maybe he forced himself on her. Maybe she was just acting out. I don't. We don't know. She didn't seem like a sociopath.
0: She seemed like someone with a plan, but not a malicious one. Like you see movies like uh, American Psycho, Patrick Bateman. You know. Um, and that guy's a sociopath. She didn't feel like that to me.
2: No. Let's say she was having her cigarette, having her uh, morning breakfast, and let's just go circumcise my dad. You know, or castrate my dad. You know, like, mm-hmm. no big deal. Uh, th- and here's the one thing I did put. I got more uh, hearing of female peeing than I really wanted. Yeah. Yeah, the golden showers aren't my thing it doesn't get me off there's a lot of natural bathroom sounds i didn't need to hear i mean i don't mind it it's not i'm not into water games i just
0: i don't know i i felt like it added more to like just the methodic nature of what
2: she's doing like it's this is nothing no like it's just another part of her day yeah you know First you pee and then you go eat breakfast and then you cut off your dad's penis. You know? Yeah. It, it is what it yeah. is. Maybe put his head in a bucket next
0: to <laughs> the uh, cock and balls.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of movie, ladies and gentlemen. That's the kind of movie <laughs> But it, in my defense, I didn't know anything about it before that. It's just a nice little bonus. So that's okay, the first. So when,
0: so when you saw them, cause you saw it before I did. Yeah. What did you, when you were watching this movie, you're like, What did you think? How did you think I and Ashley would have reacted to this movie?
2: I thought you would have had a smile on your face and Ashley's just putting her head in her hands saying, why the fuck am I being forced to watch this stuff?
0: Well, you kind of nailed
2: it. (laughs) (laughs) That was my thought. (laughs) (laughs) Having heard you guys since your beginning and I kind of know your sensibilities. And, you know, this wasn't going to be in Ashley's wheelhouse. But again, I wanted to expose her to something different. Like a, a foreign kind of thing, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and I kind of know the German sensibilities, so I knew it would be bloody, but I knew it also. I also knew it would be tongue in cheek, and this movie is tongue in cheek as well. I mean, you can't take it too seriously. No, and and so after this one, uh, there's beautiful shots of as we as I mentioned before, German architecture, briefly, mm-hmm. but you know, there. That's that's your middle story <laughs> architecture, and then the second one is called make a wish this was an interesting one about a young deaf mute so they're deaf and mute a young couple out exploring urban spaces that's basically what they're doing they're going through uh abandoned buildings or or buildings that are lightly guarded and they're just kind of exploring and they're falling in love and as it as you'll find out later he planned on proposing to her and So, but they both happen to be uh, blind or or deaf and mute. And so they can't speak. It tells a really good story. Okay. They really set it up nicely. And there's an intense scene at the beginning in 1943 in Poland, where they flip back to their mother's childhood and of the Nazis killing and uh, raping a family but a girl one of the girls that's the girlfriend of the couple there of the deaf and uh, the uh, deaf and mute walks away with out of while the germans have raped and killed her family she walks out with kind of an amulet and that amulet is kind of what is going to get them through this next little bit mm-hmm. what did you think of that little twist there Ralph?
0: i thought i thought it was really cool um the whole like swapping perspectives between what was it her father and like the 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 leader of this little german group Brigade. of soldiers yeah. yeah um i thought that was really cool um not really i mean can we can we go back to like the violence here for a second when they sure. r- murder the family i mean grandma gets her head chopped in half with a shovel yep um i thought that was great and i mean one of the one of the soldiers grabs a baby out of this uh, uh, out of this woman's arms and smashes it up against a log that was previously being used to split wood. Baby's head explodes into a bloody mess. I mean, it it is a visceral scene,
2: yeah, it is. And you know, normally you'd think like a baby's head exploding would bring you to tears, but you just know it's so over the top. Oh yeah, and that you're not going to, you know, break out into tears. I mean, unless you're ultra sensitive, but then you're not yeah. watching this movie if you're ultra sensitive.
0: No, absolutely not. I honestly thought it was pretty um uh how it's not funny isn't the right word, but it was uh it was, gets to the absurd. Yeah, it was absurd. It, it was style. I mean, even the the filming was stylized, you know, but yeah, it was absurd. The violence was great to look at. I mean, when grandma got her head split in half, I was like, yes, absolutely. So, you know, you're, I, was, I was enjoying it.
2: And so then what happens is we find out this backstory. This all leads to the backstory, but this amulet, this pendant that she's got from 1943. And then we flip back to modern times. And so there's these other group of German nationalists, shall we say, don't take too well to them because they think that this abandoned building is their spot and nobody Mm -hmm. else should be messing with their, you know, their piece of territory. And so they basically go on and uh, beat the crap out of the two of them. And they beat the crap out of the two of them to the point of near death. And then the amulet comes back into play because the one boyfriend uh, gets his body switched with, the leader of these punks. And let's just say fair play turn is a turnabout.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if you want to fill in the rest of the blanks, Raoul, what you thought towards the end of the of the little spot.
0: Well, I mean, you get, you get the same thing happening in present time that we saw, we just saw in the flashback with the, with the Nazis and this Polish family, uh, you get these, this Polish couple of the, 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 the guy, uh, switches places with the leader of this uh, uh, of, of this this little German like gang of hoodlums, and he's able to use that to his advantage to more or less protect his girlfriend and now beat the shit out of, the, um, out, of out of the actual leader, which is now stuck in his body. So I thought you know it's a, it's an interesting role reversal where, you know, the victim becomes the victimizer. We see that a lot in movies where, you know, Jay the Dead talks about horror comes from past evils and blah, 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 blah. But this is a literal role reversal and what someone is capable of in that situation.
2: And and it's also really interesting in the fact that the girlfriend doesn't know the, the roles have switched. And so you get her point of view of what's going on and what she thinks is going on. Isn't what really is. Yeah. And so you kind of, I thought the interplay was really good in this story. It it seems cruel. And for a while there, it's kind of not cringy to the point of, it's embarrassing to watch, but it's cringy in the fact that these events happen, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you kind of like how it plays out.
0: I thought there was a little bit of cringiness in it. There, um, that one girl that was like the Harley Quinn surrogate that just screamed the entire time. Like yeah. I thought her presence and her acting <clears throat> was very cringy. I'm like, Oh, someone needs to shut her up.
2: Yeah. You know, you can tell she's a bit of a less experienced actor, but you know, like if you're just playing some random wacko nationalist in a short skirt jumping around her boyfriend, eh, she did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't take me out of the movie. No, but not great. No, but but let's just say the end. I loved when how it ended. I loved how it ended, and someone someone burning up in that room. Like I I, I just love that.
0: Well, you you we find out that the role reversal isn't what the guy thought it was. Isn't what the girl thought it was. It isn't even what we thought it was. And then there's like this, this um, kind of soliloquy, this monologue given there. And it's, I'm still trying to make out exactly what it means. Like days later, I'm trying to figure out what the hell that, what what does this mean? Is it talking about the people in the movie at the time? Is it talking about the nature of villains perceived through cinema in general? Like, what, what does this mean?
2: You know? and, I, and I also think there's a parallel to World War II when mm-hmm. the, the the minorities and the Jews were burned in the in the concentration camps, and then one and a character here is burned in in the in the area that they are. So yeah, it's um, it's not often a movie like this makes you think. This one makes you think a little bit. Oh
0: yeah, I mean this movie definitely does just just for that uh segment alone this vignette alone i'm gonna rewatch this movie at least two more times
2: yeah and so anybody that wants to see kind of a movie of this ilk that is you know it's it's a little bit above it's it's above your your trashy films this one's got a bit of a bit of writing to it you know and mm-hmm. it's good it's good quality production yeah so the third vignette is called Roun is al al a-l-r-a-u-n-e i i pronounce it alroon alroon got a bit of the uh the central american latin bit to you Arun. Arun.
0: Uh okay
2: so a cameraman meets a blind date he met online at a wild nightclub so he's at this nightclub and he sees this <laughs> this you know this hot chick that he wants to get to know etc and so she's she's a wild girl okay they hit it off they did they didn't they meet each other on an app or something a phone app or yeah it was, or
0: it was essentially like uh, AOL messenger but you we have this we have to state that this movie we're not watching the movies play out as they're playing out We're watching it in a flashback being told to like his girlfriend that he's currently making up with.
2: That's right. So he's he's in bed, half naked, with this woman in various states of uh, of romantic engagement, and he's telling the story, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, okay," and and so then that's the backdrop to this. So he meets this girl that he's met online, and she says, "Meet him at such and meet me at such and such a club." You'll come, basically, you'll see me, and I'll see you, and whatever. So they go there, and they hit it off really well. Okay, they start bumping and grinding on the dance floor like people do. And she's a bit of a wild girl. You know, they, they go, they sneak away to the ladies room and they're snorting cocaine. They're making out in a stall. Let's, say, let's just say he goes down south. And then she kind of cuts it out. And her name is Kira. And Kira is taking a, taken away. She's kind of a secret member of a club. Uh, a kind of mind body and sexual openness club and he she, he wants to be a part of it as well but she doesn't initially want him to she's like stay away i don't want to get with you anymore yeah go on your way and she's doing it kind of in his best interest just go away and you're not going to find out what this is
0: well she's but trying to co- she's trying to save him
2: yeah she's she's actually saying no 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 get off of me Get away from me. You know, we've had a good you know, evening. Go back to your merry way. Mm-hmm. And he's intrigued. You know, he's tasted a little bit of the poison. He wants to get into the club. And uh, so what did you think of that intro, Raul? Did you like the way that it opened up? I, I liked it. It was interesting. I mean, it,
0: it kept me engaged. I was like, what story is this? And we should say this is the longest of all the vignettes.
2: And yeah, this one this was is, a good forty-five minutes.
0: This is half the runtime of the movie is it it almost almost half the runtime of the movie um but it's uh i i I liked how it opened and i really like the fact that when he goes to meet this girl online the girl he goes home with or the girl he chases out of the club and starts dancing with and making out and he goes down south um is not the girl that he was talking to online
2: (laughs) he's you know what he's just that lucky a guy you know he just
0: <laughs> yeah you know, and when when he chases the the girl out of the club we see the girl he, she was uh, that the homeboy was talking to online because she's sitting at the bar with like paper on her shirt that says her like username for like <laughs> chat user did you did you catch that
2: I didn't even catch that no
0: yeah it's it's not her the girl he's like lusting after is not
2: the girl she was he was talking to i didn't i didn't even realize I, I watched thought it that early. scene
0: was so funny
2: <laughs> so right off the bat you've got a good sense of mystery created you know will he go see kira uh what is the new club all about uh, you know what is this new initiation ceremony that he has to enter and he agrees to so he basically follows her back and goes back and gets into the club and he mm-hmm. has to go through these certain initiation ceremonies to get into this secret club and one of them he has to kiss a guy in the cheek or whatever and he does and he's willing to do that and then they have an event where they he's told lay down it's gonna feel good there's gonna be a, a different kind of sensual sensation but you're gonna have um what do you call it not eye patches a blindfold a blindfold over your face but don't look outside of the blindfold mm-hmm. and let's just say he does at one point and he gets scolded for it
0: well yeah he, he realizes he's having sex with the demigorgon.
2: but he wants to see he's yeah and, and when he when he tries to look underneath i he what does he get slapped and singed or something he gets he
0: gets like claws on his chest like deep gouges of flesh torn out of his chest
2: yeah and, and so he's got these marks like here's your warning is what we can do <laughs> mm-hmm. if you keep on going you know it, it, it's like he smokes an awesome bong and undergoes an initiation ceremony it was like this just keep breathing deep just take <sighs> and, and mm-hmm. he's kind of gets just taken away okay that was me in the laughing gas when I had my vasectomy. <laughs> and um, let's just say when things kind of hit the fan, he can't stay away from Kira. No. And so he goes back to her apartment. She's laying in the bathtub and she's not even meant to be seductive. She's literally just in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And our antichrist moment comes up, which of her um abusing her female parts, yeah and bleeding out on the bathroom floor
0: and then and then swallowing glass,
2: yeah, it's this is uh, probably the most I mean there's the scene with the uh penis removal in the first one, but this one's almost more painful. Why would a woman do this to herself? It's kind of that. Ugh.
0: Yeah, as far as genital mutilation goes, this is probably the, 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 I, well, I'd say second most painful to watch in the movie because, uh, it, it no, no, you're right. You're right. I was thinking of something else. Never mind. Go ahead.
2: Well, no, I, I was just going to say that I found it a more uncomfortable watch than the man's penis <laughs> being cut off. Yeah. Because that, that you, you just know that's a piece of, you know, uh, plastic that's just going to be thrown away. This you could almost feel the woman, you know, inserting this thing and just chopping away. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the hell are you doing? You yeah, know, be, like
0: yeah, between the between the general mutilation and the chewing on glass, it was like you could feel the pain. Like almost everyone has experienced cutting themselves on glass at some point or another, so it's easy to imagine that pain on a high level.
2: Yeah, and and then at the end of it, you get a wild, bloody sex scene with the girlfriend. Like it's just, it's just a wild little, uh, 45 minutes. It's a wild ride. It is. Well,
0: it's not so much of a sex scene as it is. Well, it's kind of a sex scene. I mean, he's given, he's given her the old sausage, you know, he's give, they're playing hide the salami. And then all of a sudden. She explodes and this like Lovecraftian tentacle monster just like explodes from her flesh. Like she is torn asunder and a, a giant monster with tentacles and a raging hard, like three foot long dick
2: emerges from her corpse and rapes the guy. I, I I was gonna leave uh, leave that to them to watch.
0: <laughs> we don't we don't do that here. We we give all the
2: goods away. <laughs> <laughs> Got to leave something to the imagination, right?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not gonna describe. I can't describe. You know what? That's fine. If listeners, if any of what I just said sounds like
2: something you want to watch, then um, watch it. <laughs> I will say you know for this style of film this was as i said at the beginning at the first one it's like an art house you know student film in terms of it's thinking outside of the box mm-hmm. but it is not poorly made uh they didn't scrimp. i didn't find in any of the budgetary kind of things it was it was a nicely made film oh absolutely man
0: i I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It's not usual that I go into a blind watch and enjoy the experience this much, but I really, 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 and I cannot stress this enough, really enjoyed this film. And I, I'm i going to watch it again. I'm probably, well, I'll save some of that for final thoughts and ratings. Um, well, I'm, I, I kind of feel like I'm there already. Do you have anything else to add to this movie before we wrap it up?
2: no. Um, All I'll say with this is, is I like kind of discovering, I'm I'm liking more and more the German styles in these films. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Ittenbach and Boudiret, you know, they seem to do it right. And so this is just another leaping point into me to go watch more. I gave this a seven and a half to an eight out of 10. I would say buy the film. I don't know that it's readily available that's that's the thing
0: so bill not to be a stickler but is it seven and a half or okay is it eight?
2: i will give it eight i will give okay. it eight. i will give it a because it it has a higher production value i think okay eight out of ten what eight oh eight out of ten uh sex scenes in a women's bathroom yeah yeah and give would it, you would you say rent i'd say buy, buy. but again buy if if the price is right, like this might be one of those ones where they say it's $50. Cause you got to get it from Germany. Well, I wouldn't pay that, but if you could get it, the fact that it's on Tubi, uh, means there's probably that distributor probably has it around. So I would mm-hmm. think you could probably, I would think you get it for less than $30 unless it has to come from Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this 10
0: out of 10 Otherworldly monster cocks and i'm also going to say bye
2: yeah like i i you won't find this at walmart but I mean, no you, hell no but you might find it at i don't know if you were able to buy the other one at best buy maybe you can find this at best buy
0: maybe i doubt i could find this at best buy but i don't know i i i love this movie i thoroughly enjoy this movie and there are you know, in in anthologies, what, what sets this movie apart is in every anthology, there's like that one vignette that isn't quite the best. And they throw that in the middle. They throw something in the middle. Or maybe they end on a vignette that wasn't so great. And you're like, oh, well, that really brings the movie down because you got to end on a high note. There's usually one vignette in a, uh, in, oh my gosh.
2: Anthology film. In
0: in, yeah, in an anthology film. Um, that is weak. And in this movie, I don't feel like there is a single one of these vignettes that is weak. I, I love them all. I thoroughly enjoyed
2: them all. Yeah, this, is, this was a, a, you know, a, again, for anybody listening who, who might like something like that, look up uh, Olaf Ittenbach. And what I suggested to Raul that I did a couple episodes back on Land of the Creeps is called No Reason. And No yeah. Reason is on YouTube. Yeah, in Again, fact, you
0: sent me the link to that. I haven't
2: yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but it. I I'm going to. It's it's another one that's almost like an art house extreme film, if that makes sense. Uh, I, it back has like his earlier stuff, uh, Bloody Moon and Premutos, they're great, but they're low budget bloodfests. Whereas mm-hmm. some of his later ones, he's got a bit of a budget and he puts a bit into it. But yeah, the German stuff you know, they've just got that sensibility to them because maybe because they've been through the war and, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously or whatever, or they just got a real matter of fact, you know, nihilistic attitude. It's just part of life kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- It's like that. And I, for a while there, I was really getting into the South Korean films. South Korea oh, yeah. puts out a lot of good stuff. Yeah, they do. And uh, so you kind of get in that, you can get into the, you know, the whole range of Japanese ones or the French ones or, The Italians put up quite a bit of this too. So yeah, uh, uh, don't be afraid just because it says German angst. It's not about a bunch of uh, teenage emos in Germany or
0: whatever. Hey, I was a teenage emo. Now I'm a grown ass emo.
2: Not in Germany though. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, My my, my answer to them was, is life really that bad? Is it that, is your life that depressing?
0: Nah, mine wasn't. I'm, I'm sure some, some were, but
2: <sighs> I, re- I remember those uh, years ago, I went to a rock and roll festival and um, death cab for cutie played.
0: Oh, I love death. The cab for cutie. Okay.
2: So I was sitting there and I was, uh, I was sitting there on there and everybody's, you know, wearing dark and I'm like, this is a, the first of July. It's a beautiful day. Why is everybody so damn depressed? <laughs> <laughs> because it's cool to be bill. I, I guess. I guess I am just too positive <laughs> an attitude. I don't know. The
0: funny thing is, I am a and even back then, I was a very positive emo. But I was like the I was, I was the the goth kid with the heart of gold. You know, I just had a
2: very bright attitude. You you had Doc Martins, but they were colorful uh, laces. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Bill, I love you. Uh, thank thank bu- you. Th- thank you for joining. Me and Ashley. I'm so sorry, Ashley had to take off. I hope she feels better, listeners. uh, Send Ashley all your love so she can feel better and join us on the next episode.
2: It's unfortunate she couldn't finish, but she's there in spirit, and I know that she's going to love German angst. I
0: know she's. Didn't didn't she
2: say she couldn't get through it? Yeah, she
0: didn't get through it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ash, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. No. Um, but first and I, I can insert this at the at the end of the show ashley but uh what are we doing for the next episode
1: the next episode we're welcoming ash from uh kill the dead podcast correct and rise from the dead podcast
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i don't know what movies that you guys have decided on because there was a lot of words being had and uh I know that there are movies I don't want to see. <laughs> one of them's You're, trauma, correct?
0: Yeah, one of them is trauma. That's a Spanish film.
2: Uh, oh, trauma! Oh, the one that's like half an hour. No, the it, it's a full length movie. Is it a full length movie? Okay, yeah. Th- that's not uh, the one. That's not the one involving necrophilia, is it?
0: No, uh, it starts with necrophilia. Okay.
3: But um,
1: she said that she had to take an edible to get, or she hasn't even gotten through it yet. I, I don't know what you guys were saying, but I was like, well, if she has to take an edible, then I'm going to really have to take an edible.
0: So <laughs> it, she is a big fan of extreme horrors too. Um, one of her favorite movies is Martyrs. And I, she said that the the that movie Trauma, she couldn't finish. Um, so she's a little scared to finish it. In its entirety for the recording, I'm looking forward to it. I thought it was a great movie, but so we're covering trauma. We're covering inside the French extreme. Oh, good one. Mm-hmm. And we're covering. I'm so sorry, Bill. High tension. Oh,
2: attention! All right. Yep. Uh, wait, what, is, is this trauma? Is it 2017? Is that the year? Ah, uh,
0: let me look it up real quick. I'm gonna shorten this little awkward gap in here of me rambling on so I don't have just silence. Four Um,
2: friends partying in a house in the middle of nowhere are brutally attacked by a man and his son forcing the remaining women to take vengeance upon them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've seen that one, yeah.
0: One hour and 46
2: minutes of... Yep. It's a little rough for some people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's going to be a fun time for me.
2: (laughs) I think I think, I, I think Dave Becker said there's no redeeming quality to this film.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. That's mm-hmm. a thing. All right. Um, it, I did about
0: this. Yeah, and uh, listeners, every everyone, no one's going to enjoy these movies. No no one's going to enjoy these next these, this episode and the next episode more than I and probably the guests will cuz I think Bill, you and I are having a blast here.
2: Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can watch these and then go to bed. Go fix the furnace. That don't bother me. I don't...
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but uh, if, if if this isn't your scene and you decide not to listen to these episodes, I understand completely. We'll catch you on the next one. But
2: um... well, well, anybody who wants to get a hold of me, you can find me on Land of the Creeps. Put uh, in all of your local podcast players. You can find Nathan Bartlebaugh and myself on Phantom Galaxy. Land of the Creeps, I'm with Greg, Greg Amoris Morgan, and Dave, Dr. Shock Becker. With Phantom Galaxy, I'm with Nathan Bartlebaugh. Phantom Galaxy is the crossroads where horror, sci-fi, and fantasy meet. We discuss everything and anything. There's always stuff going on. Give me a shout. Raul, it's been a blast being on. I've listened to you guys forever. You guys are really getting better and better. Uh, you can invite me on anytime you want, or we can just shoot the shit about whatever we're watching. Absolutely, or man. or whatever we're listening to.
0: Yeah. Any freaking time you want to cop on, dude, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Like, like Ashley said at the beginning, you are family and you yeah. are, I mean, you're an honorary
2: host of this show, dude. So any, any time, let me on when there's like a host to hold people and I'm just that, that funny uncle in the corner. You got it, homie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, everybody, thanks for having me on and uh, keep on supporting these boys and girls because they're doing good stuff.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Um, as far as Ashley's links go, you can follow her, Barely Ashley, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd. You can follow her Facebook, which is linked in the uh, in the show notes. You can also game with her on the PlayStation Network, also under Barely Ashley. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Into Monsters. That's in the number two, Monsters. You can follow me personally at Raul vs. Monsters and uh, Letterboxd at Into n- underscore Monsters. You can visit our website at headlongintomonsters.godaddysites.com. And you can send us really weird stuff at headlongintomonsters at gmail.com. Um, uh, that's going to be, I usually ask the Ashley. But I'm going to insert that here, what, what we're doing in the next episode. <laughs> but uh, that's going to be it for us. And thanks for joining us. And join us again next time as we once again dive headlong into monsters.
1: pause here and then you can insert that sounded bad don't (laughs) cut that part out
0: (laughs) you know i'm gonna cut it out but it's probably gonna make it into the blooper reel
1: (laughs) that is a blooper for sure yeah